Welcome, this is Beyond the Hate, I'm Steve. I'm John. And today we're going to be talking about the 2006 film Black Sheep, directed by Jonathan King, starring unknown actor Matthew Chamberlain, about an experiment in uh, genetic engineering turning sweet, cuddly sheep into bloodthirsty killers on a New Zealand farm. Right? Okay, where the fuck is uh, Spade and Farley in that shit? Oh, this is the Spade and Farley one. Yeah, we're, we're covering the 1996 Black Sheep oh, with you know, David Spade and Chris Farley. Not the Jonathan King indie film from New Zealand? I don't even know what the fuck that is. <laughs> the fuck is that? <laughs> that is a real movie, everyone. That is a real movie. And it's like the second, whenever I was doing my research, it came up and I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like... I, I looked it up and I was like, this is insane. About murderous sheep. <laughs> and it's called Black Sheep. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Oh, man. <laughs> it won an award in New Zealand. <laughs> so it's... What? It won an award oh, my in God. New Zealand. <laughs> New Zealand's like, well, since <laughs> we, we have no entertainment we don't have, We don't have any more Lord of the Rings, so... I can't do it in a New Zealand accent, or otherwise I would attempt it. Uh, It'd probably be racist. Yeah, probably. Or something. Yeah. Do just, no, that doesn't count. New Zealand, fuck them. <laughs> I, I like them, but I'm saying I can't think of anything good they've done besides Peter Jackson. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, is, is it Taika Waititi from New Zealand? Oh, yeah, and Taika Waititi. Yeah. That's a better accomplishment, because he does movies... You know, constantly, not every 800 years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and he didn't do Immortal Engines. Uh, so <laughs> he, didn't, he did not do Immortal Engines. And if uh, he did, it probably would have been great. Right. He probably got Chris Emsworth, some Tom Hiddleston up in there. Right. Maybe, maybe Kate Blanchett. Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> uh, what I did, uh, I just randomly since we're talking about taika i i, I started watching um that uh, what we do in the shadows the oh, yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah. the show that he did about the vampires and like real and like modern times right you know it, it, it's pretty funny it's very uh you have to kind of understand like the vampire mythology and stuff but it's just it's the the show's so awkward though it's 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 funny if you, if you especially if you like gothic type of humor and you you like Taika Waititi's like sense of humor just in general. It's a pretty cool show. I think it's like I think it's FX that does it. I think it's FX that does that show. It's a pretty good ad for FX. Yeah, <laughs> Watch. I was watching it on Hulu. <laughs> Subscribe to Hulu. <laughs> we want that Hulu check. Send us that money, Hulu. We know you got it. You're owned by Disney now. So we really don't have um, uh, a craft beer per se to drink today. Uh, coronavirus is kind of shutting some stuff down. Yeah. And then I'm also scared to just go to too many places right now. So I just got us Coronas. Yeah. And we have not gotten the virus yet. So this I is, think uh, Myth Busted? Myth Busted. Yeah. <laughs> this would be a whole episode of Myth Busters. Yeah. Did does corona-, corona Extra give you the coronavirus? Or does it cure it? Stay tuned. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have Carrie Grant and Tori figuring out if Corona beer gives you the coronavirus. It's like, this, is a, this episode's dumb, and then you sit there an hour and watch the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's all Mythbusters is. Oh, speaking of... This which, is dumb. Did you know that uh, that they that they have a, a Mythbusters uh, Junior that they do now, and it's like kids busting myths? 
Yeah, I think we've talked about that on the show before. Did we, did we talk? I know yeah. we talked about like MythBusters. You know, was was canceled. They weren't doing it anymore, or they they stopped doing the show. But I didn't realize that Adam Savage actually kind of brought it back for like the Science Channel, and it's like kids doing it now. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. If we talked about that, I'm just retarded and don't re- don't remember any maybe of that Maybe we just shit. said maybe MythBusters should have been for kids the whole time. It's <laughs> a better idea. Uh, but I mean, it's a pretty cool idea to like get kids in- involved in science. Until you know? they get those kids that are smarter than them and they're like, get off my show. <laughs> You're making me look bad. Uh, <laughs> it's like, see, I just busted that myth and one of those kids is a- actually, actually that doesn't bust the myth because of you, you put it in a certain situation. Instead of, uh, you know, <laughs> you can't just isolate the situation once. You have to do it multiple ways. Get off my show, kid! Yeah, get the hell out of here, kid. Hit the bricks. It's like, man... We proved it wrong! <laughs> oh, that's a good show. Okay, this movie was made in uh, 1996 by director Penelope... Spheris. 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 Spirus. Cyrus, the virus. Spirus. <laughs> Spirus, yeah. Penelope. Uh, I'm guessing Spiris. I'm saying. Yeah, I guess. Is it Spirus or Spirus? I'm guessing she's Egyptian? No. What nationality oh, is Oh, man. We go down Spiris. a fucking rabbit hole when we do this. While you're doing that. Right. Uh, she also directed Wayne's World, The Beverly Hillbillies, and The Little Rascals. Yeah, that's uh, a pretty that's a pretty good <laughs> resume. So she is a comedy god at directing. <laughs> Do you have the answer? Yeah, uh, still looking. Yeah, still looking. Uh, it Stall was, for time. <laughs> it was written by the brilliant Fred Wolf, who wrote Dirty Work with Norm Macdonald. That was a uh, fucking good movie. Joe Dirt with David Spade. That was a fucking great movie. Dickie Roberts, David Spade. Without a Paddle, Seth, Seth Green, Dax Shepard, and Matthew Lillard. Uh, Grown Ups 1 and 2. And yet the, 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 the Joe Dirt 2 also. Uh, <clears throat> oh, she did the second Joe Dirt too. No, she did, this is the writer, Fred Wolf. Oh, oh okay. Uh, yeah, so those directors, writers, um, you have the answer. Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> Okay. Chris Farley <laughs> only did this film because Spade asked him to. Good thing he did it because this is the last movie they would do together. It uh it had a ten million dollar budget and it grossed thirty two million dollars worldwide. It only did thirty it did thirty two million, you said? Mm-hmm. How much what was the budget for? Ten million. Ten million. Well, made I mean, money it made for, a profit. Made money for a comedy. A lot of these movies were made for their after box office uh uh stuff yeah you know they were desperate to make this movie to get the magic of spade and farley back together again um the answer no still can't find it uh, i don't know if people she's an like, alien we'll just go with she's an alien it's actually okay it is greek so i was right the, uh, i said egyptian first you said time. egyptian <laughs> i said greek second though go back and listen to it i said greek second did you i don't i don't remember that but you uh have no memory <laughs> <laughs> i am retarded uh <laughs> egyptian greek same shit yes yeah, they, they all bang the same people yeah yeah um but uh yeah but uh, uh spherus or spirus i guess it's spirus is how you would say it uh but it actually is a greek last name yeah 
Okay. Don't know what the fuck it means. We just know that it's from. So Greek. she's probably related to Jason Manzukis because you know, incest. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! That's horrible. <laughs> Look, if you know anything about Spartan uh, history, you know there was a lot of that. Uh, yeah, but we're talking about Greeks, though. Well, yeah, I guess. I guess where you're was right. Spartan? Yeah, yeah. Sparta. Where was that at? <laughs> it's a city-state in Greece. But uh... well, who are the Athenians fucking each other? Yes, <laughs> everyone. The Athenians fucked everyone. <laughs> yeah, they probably fucked goats and sheep and everything. <laughs> everything. And then tried to turn the sheep evil. Is that yeah. where Black Sheep came from? The, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the, the bad I, version. I kind of want to see sheep? that movie now, just to see how ridiculous it is. Just I kind of want to see some sheep kill people. <laughs> Watch there be a spike in like rentals for this movie, right? And it's like, who the, where the fuck did this come from? Yeah. Um, are those fuckers that how this get made will just steal it and be like, this is one of our movies. <laughs> now they'll talk about this movie, be like, oh, where did they find it? Us, they stole it from us. Like so many other things. Uh, right. Uh, uh, Gene Siskel just straight up walked out of this movie. Um, yeah, that was one of the things that I first read about where uh, Gene, this was one of the three movies that Gene Siskel walked out of. The other two were The Million Dollar Duck, which was also nominated for an Oscar for Best Actor, uh, and Maniac. Yeah. Uh, those were the other two movies he... Uh, a lot of people put Siskel, um, you know... Uh, Ebert. And Ebert together, but Ebert loved this movie. Ebert liked this movie. Siskel hated it. And they're like that on some movies. Like, some movies Siskel will be like, it's usually Siskel that's just like, this movie sucks. And Ebert's like, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. You know, so Siskel. It's like Siskel, he always kind of gave me the impression that he was way more harsh on movies because he just, he gave this air that he was like more jaded, I guess, than, than Roger Ebert was. Yeah, and he, Ebert's the one that lasted longer because Siskel died before he did. Uh, yeah, Farley went on. Chris Farley went on to make Beverly Hills Ninja and Almost Heroes with Matthew Perry. Um, Beverly Hills Ninja. I want to eventually do that movie too. Yeah, so Beverly Hills I Ninja. Love that movie. You know, he did that, and then the uh, you know the other movie was Almost Heroes, which I don't even re- really remember. That was the uh, one where it was like it was supposed to be like uh, the guys that almost discovered the West, but they didn't get into being Lewis and Clark that did it. And it's like they were. It's like he was one of the guys that almost discovered the the you know, the Western part of the country. I don't I'm remember pretty sure that. I've seen it. I just don't remember the movie. I'll yeah, have to go back and watch it. I don't it. remember that movie really either because it's, it's been so long since I've watched it. And uh, David Spade's done tons of stuff since then. And we also uh, uh, share a middle name, Wayne. His middle name's Wayne. Mine is Wayne also. Um, but I thought it would be interesting to go through a list of movies that Siskel absolutely hated before we get into the comments. Oh, okay. Just to show you the credibility of... Of uh um, one Gene Siskel. One Gene Siskel. And this was this take this takes no research to find this. He it's a whole list about Siskel's hated movies. It's known. Should I go ten to one or one to ten? What do you think? Uh, do go this? go backwards. Go ten down to one. Number ten, the Terminator. What? 
Two thumbs Fuck down. Jesus. Let's go. Fuck this shit. Fuck this dude, man. This dude has no taste. Gene Siskel is the worst fucking reviewer of all time. You don't even almost need to say anything else. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. Well, it, the, Terminator the, is one of the best science fiction movies of all fucking well, time. You think that's bad? You need to see what's one. That's why I asked you. It's just as bad when you find out who one is. That you uh, okay. So, so this is this is gonna get way <laughs> way worse. Some of them maybe deserve it, but uh, I don't think so. But most of these are awesome movies. Oh personally, that I'd put on. If you my... started number ten with the original Terminator, like, the Terminator, fuck, number one, I number nine, love that movie. Number nine, Scarface. The fuck. <laughs> Two I fucking thumbs love down. that movie too. I give that movie two thumbs down. We've done that movie on this show. Yeah, we did a uh, whole episode about it. Go check it out. It's actually pretty awesome. Yeah, number eight, Titanic. <laughs> okay, so I was taking a drink when you said that. He didn't like Titanic. He did not like Titanic. Gave it two thumbs down. What the fuck did he not like about Titanic? The highest grossing movie of all time whenever it came out and for years until Avatar the the same director had to break his own record yeah because Titanic was just such a big huge release when it came out like that movie was everywhere even the soundtrack man Celine Dion was elevated to all kinds of new heights because of that fucking song yeah he basically said this movie was boring he said it was boring well, it's like, so what the fuck do you like, Gene Siskel? Jesus. I don't know. Maybe you can help us find this out. Number seven, Dances with Wolves. Dances with Wolves? I mean, like, it, yeah. I wouldn't say that's like one of my favorite movies, but I don't hate that movie. I I, I think I think uh, that movie's pretty good. It's Kevin Costner, man. It's Kevin he does Costner. a good job in that he movie. He is really good. If he said that he hated Waterworld, it's like, okay, fair enough. You probably got a point there. Yeah, it's like... There, there's or The very, Postman. Yeah, there's very few positive movies about Native Americans. Uh, and Dances with Wolves is one of them. And then yeah. Last of the Mohicans with Daniel Day-Lewis is another one. So those, those movies are kind of special in that way. Yeah, because Native American... Uh, heavy movies usually they're either like super racist or <laughs> yeah or they're just they're just not accurate and just wrong yeah, yeah. these are kind of close you know they they still have some racism in them but you know these were made in like the 90s and 80s and stuff so uh number six speed two speed two i'm not gonna give them too much shit about that one uh, was that the, the cruise control? Yeah. Uh, oh, didn't have yeah. Keanu in it, but it still did have Sandra Bullock in it. Yeah, but um, I mean, yeah. I'm almost I'm almost willing to give him that one. I I don't hate that movie. But... You can have your opinions on it. It's it's a by taste movie, so that's fine. Yeah. Number five, Anaconda. Anaconda. Now this was one where they differed because Cisco gave it two thumbs down. Eber gave it two thumbs up. He fucking loves this movie. Really? This is one of Ebert's favorite movies. Anaconda. Because he loves John Voight in it, and he likes just the silliness of it because it's just supposed to be just that. And then it has fun characters in it. You know, it has Eric Stoltz in it, uh, which Ebert was always a big fan of. If you you see Eric Stoltz in movies, usually Ebert would be like, "Yeah, I like this movie." Um, you know, J-Lo was in it, Ice Cube, uh, uh, Owen Wilson, you know, he gets eaten by a snake in this, pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so, that, oh, wow. given the end of kind of like a two, I would get like, just be like, that's ah, not my favorite movie, 
But just saying it's like a crappy movie, it's not. It's just a no, fun, silly movie. I wouldn't say movie. that I hate that movie. It's just, it would just be like like Snakes on a Plane or something. You'd be like, ah, oh, fuck this movie. You have 2000. It's a silly movie. Yeah, it's like... You don't, know what you're getting into. Why are you, why are you taking it that seriously, bro? You know what you're getting into when you're like, I'm going to go watch this movie called Snakes on a Plane, but it better be brilliant. It's not going to be. Yeah. They didn't even put much effort into the title. It's called Snakes on a Plane. Because right. Because it's about a movie with snakes on a plane. Yeah. They didn't think about the name too long. Yeah, even Soul Plane. Like, that's... <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like watching Soul Plane and be like, you know, Snoop Dogg's not really a good actor. It's like, of course he isn't. He's a fucking rapper. He's a rapper. Uh, most of the time... <laughs> not everybody can be Donald Glover and can do everything. No, no. it's that, That's ridiculous to even think everyone can be as talented as Donald Glover. Yeah. All right, number four, Amadeus. Amadeus? <laughs> the movie about fucking Mozart. That, didn't no, that, win, that was nominated for like 13 Oscars. Yeah, I was like, wasn't that like nominated? Didn't it win like a couple of the yeah, Academy it did. Awards? Yeah, it did. Uh, Holy shit. So he said that movie was shit, basically. Number yeah. three, Casino. Casino? <laughs> With uh, Andy Garcia? Uh, uh, Joe Pesci and uh, uh, Robert De Niro. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those Robert De Niro films uh, that was directed by Martin Scorsese. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, what? <laughs> I'm like, it's been a minute since I've seen that movie, but I'm like, I remember that movie being really good. I remember uh, a part in it. Oh, yeah, I think Joe Pesci beats somebody to death with a hammer. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. And Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta was in that too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now? Siskel did not like Apocalypse Now. Oh my god. What the fuck? (laughs) Apparently Gene Siskel fucking hated everything. It's like... And number one, hold on, that's not as... Oh my god. And number one is Unforgiven. Unforgiven? He fucking hated Unforgiven so much. And that's Clint Eastwood's first directorial movie. Right. And it won an Oscar. (laughs) Unforgiven's a fucking Western (laughs) classic. If you like Western movies, you like Unforgiven. Like, it's just such a good film. I mean, there's literally songs about it where he fucking, uh, you know, paints the town red and shit. Right. You know, that happens in this movie. It's one of the most iconic parts in like Western, you know, lore yeah. and stuff. Even Metallica sung about it. Yeah, everyone sung about <laughs> this. Everyone. That's in a Kid Rock song, Metallica yeah. song, any country western song. I'm pretty sure it's in a Volbeat song somewhere. Even I'm if I haven't sure. heard it yet, I'm pretty sure they've wrote it. They just might not have released it yet. I guarantee yeah. you Volbeat has a song about it somewhere. Because he fucking loves the Old West, <laughs> man. Yeah, like the uh, lead singer from Volbeat. He's like obsessed with the Old West. Yeah, it's one of the most iconic Western movies ever made. If you like Westerns, you like Unforgiven. Holy shit. So that's just ten. He has a way longer list. I just put ten of them on there. Oh my like god. Like, I didn't have to do any research. I was just like... What movie says he hate? Boom, 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 boom. I was like, okay, well, I'll just use them. I didn't even have to dig far. There's yeah. probably some, you know, other shit on there. Like, I fucking hate the devil, the devil wears Prada. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. uh, do you like any movie? Yeah. It's like, you know the movie that I did really like is 101 Dalmatians? I fucking love that movie. Good movie, Glenn Close. Glenn, Glenn Close. It's amazing. It's like, uh, okay, so, uh, some of these movies are fucking classics. Like, yeah, the Double Wars Prada, like, 
it was not a movie title that would usually draw me in, but my wife was watching it one day, and I just like sat down for a minute and talked with her, and then I was just like, watch the whole movie. Yeah. Because it's fucking, uh, um, shit, who is it? It's, uh, uh, Anne Hathaway. Yeah. And, um, uh, it's, well, Hel- Helen Myron, isn't it? No, um. That's not Helen Myron. No, it's, uh, uh Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. It's Meryl Streep and yeah. Anne Hathaway. And I was just like, yeah, it's Meryl Streep and Anne Hathaway, so. Yeah, and it's, and see that even that movie, and you know how much people hate like movies on Rotten Tomatoes. Like Devil Wears Prada actually got seventy five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so like a good percentage of people that watched it actually did like it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's not Rotten even... Tomatoes. People on Rotten Tomatoes fucking hate everything. Everything. Yeah, they probably hate their own family. Like those people are miserable. If on they Rotten could. Tomatoes. Well, <laughs> before we get into your comments, I actually wrote down a couple from Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, Steve has comments this time. Well, this is the Black Sheep episode. I usually go a little all out for Chris Farley. Yeah. Um, uh, Eric Mellon said, <laughs> The most charming of Farley, Farley's screen efforts, but it's too bad he wasn't around long enough to make anything better. Two out of five. Oh my a guy God. actually sat down and wrote this and thought this was a good thing to post after his death. <laughs> like, he decided, hey, this dude's been dead for a few years. Let me trash his shit and say like, I wished he could have lived longer so he could have made something better than this shit. Oh. This guy sat down on a computer to say that. And he, he 100% thinks he's in the right by saying this. Yeah. Oh and no, This we, is I a got... Rotten Tomatoes critic. You're right. He works for Rotten Tomatoes. Two out of five. So he's a contributor to the Rotten Tomatoes? Yes. Okay. He's, he's not a, just like a fan. No, he's a tomato <laughs> A tomato-er? <laughs> That's what I'm going to call him. Tom- okay. He's a tomatist. A tomatist-hatist. <laughs> and then Scott Weinberg, he says, Imagine Tommy Boy without all the... I'm going to say it like he wrote it, and then I'm going to tell you what he means. And he's a, he's also a Rotten Tomato guy. He he's not he he's not a fan. He's actually a top critic on Rotten Tomatoes. Imagine Tommy Boy without all the rapier. He means rapport. <laughs> he said rapier. Rapier. Oh my god. <laughs> Those so, mean two totally because a rapier is a type of sword. Yeah. Imagine Tommy Boy without uh, rapier. It made me think of two things: that Tommy Boy was rapey. And that he had a sword through the whole movie, and I just missed it. Right. Because I was like, Tommy Boy with a sword. That's a good movie. And so if we're talking about rapier, are we talking about Ben Roethlisberger? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, it says, imagine Tommy Boy without all the rapport, wit, and genius uh, filmmaking technique. I counted one laugh in 90 minutes. And I was like... Okay, if, if you counted the one, you couldn't tell us when? Like on your whole comment, you can say what made you laugh in the whole thing? This is just, he was in such a rush to do this too, he didn't even spell rapport right. <laughs> so, Scott Weinberg, you're two out of five. I give you a one out of five. Yeah. Because you can't even spell on your we, comments. So we, that is a rating of D's Nuts. Yeah. 
So whenever we inevitably nuts. put up, um, you know, Beyond the Hate website, we're gonna have we're just gonna post random Rotten Tomato people on there, and you guys should just rate their comments. Yeah, be like, I give this guy a one out of ten <laughs> because he's an asshole. <laughs> he's a dick. He, he fucking, doesn't understand movies, <laughs> and he hates his own life, so he takes it out on movies. Did you imagine how bad these guys would feel if you're just like rating them and they're like, "But all I do is talk about movies." Yeah, that's cool. We're just rating you on your movie ratings. Yeah, your ratings suck. So we're criticizing you on your your criticizing. So what? What you don't like that? Does that make you feel bad? You don't like being criticized? Does that make you oh, feel bad? Oh man, that, that must suck. suck. <laughs> that must suck. That must suck a lot, man. You know, when you die, though, we're not taking these down. We're just going to leave them up. That way, ten years later, someone else can just come trash you fresh while you're in your grave. Yeah. And oh, you... that would be fucked up. Oh, would it now? Yeah, would it be? Would fucked it be up? fucked up if you trash a dead guy? Yeah. <laughs> like you want to do to fucking Chris Farley. One of the, the, the greatest comedians ever. Yeah. I mean, you don't deserve not to have that done. And that's the thing, too. It's like a lot of people think of Chris Farley as like an easy target. Because it's like, well, he's not around anymore. And he was a, he was a uh, drug addict and a junkie and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, Chris had some personal demons. He had some shit that he had to deal with in his life. He always had difficulty with his weight and... You know, sometimes the way that he felt like he could have dealt with it was getting into the substances that he did. But the thing is, is that looking apart from his personal life, which was a little bit of a shambles, anybody that you talked to that was around Chris that knew him, they were like, he's one of the most fantastic human beings ever. Like, I remember you telling me that, like, uh, it, you know, on I think it was on David Spade's like show that he does for Comedy Central, where somebody right. was like. Do you do you still uh you know still think of like Chris Farley and he's like every single day every single day he's, he said he's a part of my life today yeah. more than he was you know just as much as he was back then yeah because yeah. you know it's like he made such an impact on David Spade that he will never forget working with him because Spade always loved working with Chris because he just he made everybody around him so much better yeah. you know and and that's. I think that's one of the things about Chris is that, you know, people want to focus on, like, you know, how how his life ended. And it's like, instead of focusing on how it ended, just look at how he lived his life. Look, anybody's that that's in good situation today could have had their life ended by the same way Chris Farley. Dak Shepard, he could have ended up the same place Chris Farley was. Eventually he changed. Yeah. Chris Farley could have eventually changed. Could have been the next week after. You know, he just, he had a bad run. Being an addict isn't something that you'd be like, why didn't you just stop? It's not that easy. Yeah. It's not that easy and for And some people, they just, they, they they don't get help because to them it's not a problem. Yeah. You know. There's never a problem until it's a problem. Right. So, you know, that type of stuff, when you're just judging, it's just because, and a lot of times you probably have someone that you know that's the same way and you're just like, well, this was a celebrity. He didn't think of himself as a celebrity. Everyone else thought he was a celebrity. Right. He just thought he was Chris. Yeah. That's how he treated every day. That's how you hear everyone talk about him. He didn't think he was a celebrity. He just thought he was Chris. Right. And you know, and I think that a lot of times with with Chris in particular, it's like if people want to think of him as an easy target, 
And it's like, oh, well, you know, we can talk shit about him. It's like, well, I mean, you know, so what you're not going to talk shit about like Phil Hartman? I mean, he kind of died early. You know, he died relatively young. And it's like, it's like, oh, well, you know, Phil Hartman, we have respect for him. And it's like, well, what about Chris Farley? Well, I don't really like his movies that much. I don't really, Beverly Hills Ninja, that movie's fucking garbage. So eh, I'll talk shit about Chris Farley because I don't like his movies. You know, and it's like, I never understood that whole idea that, like, sometimes with comedians, they'll get respect after they pass away, and then other people, they get disrespected because they're no longer around to defend themselves. You know? As long as David Spade's still alive, he he has a defender, and, um,. Not a lot of people attacking David Spade to his face because he's um, probably destroy you. Yeah, he's uh, he don't care. He don't care if you make fun of him. But yeah, you might care what he has to say about you because he can be a pretty big asshole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Honey, honey badger don't give a shit. David Spade don't no, give a shit. David Spade don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so since we're talking about the team of uh, David Spade and Chris Farley, one of the greatest comedy duos ever. Right. Uh, who who would be uh, before we write get on it so we can just you know get this segue would, into it. Yeah, segue into it. Who would be like other comedy duos that did multiple movies together that would be up there with like a Farley and a Spade? Uh, would Abbott and Costello count? Well, I think they would like they're like the originals, right? Yeah, uh, Abbott like and the, Costello's like the original, like uh, like buddies, um, like the yeah. Because I know there are some pairings, like you know we have like uh, uh, Seth Rogen and James Franco. Yeah, you know, they yeah. they pair together, you know, quite a lot. Um, Kevin uh, Smith and Jason Mewes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes. Uh, the Rock and Kevin Hart now? Is that like a new pairing? Uh, does that... I, maybe, does I that guess. Count? I guess I that know. counts now. I don't know. They do that. I just mentioned it because they do that. I don't know if it's like a power... Uh, uh, what about um, uh, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor? Oh, yeah. That's that's one of the better ones. That's, that's one of the one. best ones. Yeah, that, that's a great one. They did, what, three movies together or two? Three, um, two or three? I want to say they did... Was it three? You don't have to look it up. Or just I'd have to Google on. it real quick, but I know that we're just they worked on, on several movies yeah. like together. Yeah, that that was a really good comedy grouping. Would uh, uh, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence count because they done all the Bad Boys together? Bad Boys. Uh, I guess are, technically, are, or is it just because it's just one thing? It doesn't really count. I, I don't know. Usually, it's like when you look at like the the comedy duos that work together it's like a lot of times it's on different movies yeah yeah you yeah, know yeah. so i i don't know i guess that would would get by a technicality because they are very funny together yeah they but are it's very only funny. in bad boys it's you only in bad boys you don't see you know you didn't see you didn't see fucking will smith show up in like first night you know like that or it was in a better movie what, what was it was it black night is black night black night yeah first night was with richard gear that's, but also, oh yeah, <laughs> also would have been cool if Will Smith would have just showed up as like some black guy. You're right. This is Scotland. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this makes no sense. <laughs> Why is there an African here? Uh, <laughs> racism. Racism. Oh, uh, uh, what, what would be some other ones? Is there not that many like great comedy duos? I mean, uh, well, would you count like um. 
shit. I'm trying to think. See, another one that comes to like my... Dan Aykroyd and, um... Oh, shit. Uh, B- Belushi, right? The Blues Brothers? Yeah, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. Uh, you could also maybe, uh... What was the, the one, uh... Ooh! John Candy and Steve Martin and, uh... Well, no, they only. No, really that was only the one. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, yeah. John right. Candy really didn't do movies with the same person. He twice. didn't really have like a comedy buddy that he did movies mm. with. No. Um, like Steve Martin really didn't either. Uh Man, I don't know because like some of these, it's like, did they? They really do... only worked with themselves a lot of times. Right. You know, but like, yeah, Chris Farley and David Spade was a really good one. Uh, Key and Peele? <laughs> that doesn't count. Ah, uh, shit. They're, they're Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. They've done multi, multiple mu- movies like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great comedy duo. Uh, did Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan? Well, that's really it's still just, the same thing. Same yeah, it's the Rush Hour is really you just... You would have to go with the bad boys scenario. Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. And Will Ferrell and Martin Wahlberg. Yeah. They've done the, multiple things, not the same thing, because they've yeah. done Big Bat, uh, 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 not Big Daddy. Uh, Daddy's uh, Home. Daddy's Home 1 and 2, and then they did the other guys. Other guys, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're kind of like a, a comedy duo. And yeah. Also, yeah, like Will Ferrell and John C. Rowley, and then... Um, yeah, because they did Talladega Nights, yeah. and... Um, uh, Step Brothers and yeah yeah so there there's another one. Uh, let's see. So Screen Rant actually has a list of like their top uh, fifteen. Top fifteen comedy duos. Comedy duos. Yes. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. So this is uh, from uh, ScreenRant.com, and it's uh, so fifteen is Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Okay. Um, and then fourteen is Jay and Silent Bob, or you know Kevin yeah, yeah, Smith, yeah. Jason Mewes. Yeah. Um, uh, thirteen is one of the ones you mentioned, which was uh James Franco and Seth Rogen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number twelve. This is old school. This is fucking way back. Bob Hope and Bing Crosby. Holy shit! Way before that's my going time. back. I don't even know how to put that on 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 the list. Yeah, I, that's I like we're talking about nineteen forties. This is like World War Two era that we're dealing with. That didn't Bob Hope run for president? Uh, did Bob? I don't think he ran for president. No, he. I don't Some know if he of ever political ran, office. I don't, I don't think he ran for president though. Governor? He, I don't remember him doing something, that. I thought he did something politician wise. Did he? No, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, no, no, I don't. Not that I remember. Okay, eleven. They have Chris Tucker, Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. Uh, number ten, Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. Okay, yeah, 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 Zoolander and... Is it really just Zoolander? Is that it? <laughs> There's others, I just can't think of. Yeah, um, Starsky and Hutch. Starsky and Hutch, there. Yeah, yes. there we go. And then also, uh, he shows up as a cameo in Meet the Parents and Night at the Museum. No, in Meet the Parents, he's a, he, he's a main character. Owen Wilson is? Yeah, Owen Wilson's oh, uh, ex-boyfriend. Right, yeah, that's yeah, He's right. a main character in Meet the Parents. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, I yeah, forgot yeah. about that. Okay, yeah, that's Night right. Night of the Museum, he's also a main character because he's the cowboy. That's right. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. 
So yeah. So that one actually kind of works that's, too. That's actually a big one. That's like four movies. <laughs> right. Yeah. So number nine is uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Okay. Should, yep. Should be higher. I can already uh, tell you that. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, number eight. This is one of the the greatest of all time. Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. Hey, that should be. That was number eight. That's like halfway. I feel like that should be higher. They kind of screwed over them on that. It's like the greatest comedians of their time, and they were in the movies together. Yeah. (coughs) Okay, number seven. (coughs) Now I like this one, but I don't think it should have been above Pryor and and Gene Wilder. Okay, let's hear it. Let's see. (coughs) Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. No, no <laughs> way that's over. Uh, no, I love, I love that, but not not over prior. I love Simon Pegg and but not over, not over, uh, not over Gene Wilder and Richard no. Pryor. But you know, hey, okay, uh, number six. Okay, so number six. Uh, this is also not as good as that. Uh, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum. No, they only did the one thing together. They only did Twenty One Jump Street stuff. Right. Yeah. So no, 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 um, no. Okay, so here's another old timey one for uh, you know the uh, the the boomers among you. Uh, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Now that was a good one. Yeah, I do know enough about that. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, especially the, back in the day, Jerry Lewis was like that dude was just he was just an amazing comedian. Uh, you know who reminds me of Dean Martin a lot now is Dave Franco. Dave Franco. Dave Franco reminds me a lot of Dean Martin. I mean, yeah, I'll give you that one. Yeah. Okay, number four, Chris Farley, David Spade. Okay, now the top three better be some fucking epic shit. Yeah, so... David Spade and Chris Farley number number three. Or four. They're number four. four. They don't even make the top three. Okay, let's Spade see. and Farley were like just outside of the top three, according to Screen Rant. Remember, this is all ScreenRant.com. And who wrote this? <laughs> did uh, Ron George write this one? Who, who did write this? Uh, Danilo Castro. And this is April 28th, 2016. Okay, okay, keep going. Just to give you some uh, reference, right? Okay, let me scroll back to where I was. Okay, so number three, drum roll. No. Laurel and Hardy. Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy. The Hardy Boys. <laughs> now, Laurel and Hardy, uh, they are probably much one of the greatest comedy duos of all time. I'll, I'll give them that. I don't know enough about them to judge them for their entire body of work. Yeah, so. but that was like way before our time. Yeah. Though. So we're not obviously, like, we don't remember shit like Pardon Us from 1931 or the Music Box from 1932. It was 50 years before we were born. They're like, do you know what the best comedy duo of all time was Adolf Hitler and Joseph Stone. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Those guys were hilarious. <laughs> Crossing so- too soon. Uh, <laughs> okay, so number two. This one I did not think of, but this one's interesting. Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. Okay. Okay. Because of like, uh, you know, they yeah, they actually did do like a bunch of stuff. Uh, uh, the front page and buddy buddy, the odd couple, grumpy old men, grumpier old men. Yeah, so they actually had uh, quite mainly a few. the grumpy old men stuff. Uh, number one, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Abbott and Costello. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, you kind of figured Abbott and Costello the, the, would they're be. They're kind of the forefathers. Yeah. Of I don't the know. Com- of the comedy duos. Yeah. Uh, See, so I, I, if I was going to do this list, 
for one, I'd have Tina Fey and Amy Poehler a lot higher than 15. That's just disrespectful. Um, you know, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor, that's one of the greatest comedy duos of all time. Yeah. They, to me, I think they'd have to almost be in the top three. You know, it'd be like them, Spade and Farley. I don't know. Then we just probably give it to Abbott and Costello because they paved the way. Right. Probably. Would that be the top three? I guess. No, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. Cause Laurel and Hardy, I mean that's old school too. That's that's classic. That's before my time, so I can't I can't yeah. rank anything before my time. Yeah, but we know Jonah Hill and Ching Tatum don't belong on that list. No, I mean they're funny in the Jump Street thing, but you're talking about on the list with like, to me it would have to go you know uh, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor number one. Um, number two is is probably Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. You know, uh, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler. Yeah. Uh, um, and then where do you put uh, Spade and Farley? Yeah, probably four. And so they would still be a four on your list, yeah. And then... Um, Peg and Frost. Then just put Polly Shore there. By himself. Buddy. <laughs> oh my god okay it's like uh, he, he was he was a one-man show what can i tell you what can i tell you yeah hey, hey, then say, what you, say what you want about Polly shore the dude was a fucking genius in his day yeah and people still quote him to this day so he did something right yeah, yeah. i would love to cover a Polly shore movie on here uh, what would be my fa- Encino Man's not even my favorite Polly Shore movie. I think it's probably Son in Law. Son in Law. Son in Law is pretty good. Uh, or in the Army now. Oh, in the Army. Yeah, I like that one too. It's really awesome because he kind of becomes a badass in that. <laughs> yeah, you know the end part of it. Well, and then uh, he was because he was in Biodome, and that was uh, it was him and was it Stephen Baldwin? Yeah, it's. Or Adam. I can't remember. It's Steven. He's Steven the Baldwin. stoner. He's yeah, stoner he's one. the stoner Baldwin. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd be okay doing an episode on Biodome. I think that'd be yeah. pretty cool. Tenacious D's in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's canon. <laughs> that's canon. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, they came up with Tenacious D in Biodome. I'm just kidding. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it might be. I think I did read something about that. Didn't we say that in the Tenacious D episode? I don't know, guys. Go back and check out the Tenacious D episode. Yeah. And let us know if we said something about Biodome in it. I'm pretty sure yeah. you mentioned it. I just don't remember what we talked about on that. So I was like, did I was joking. Like, they came up with it while they were filming that. And then I was like, maybe that's not a joke. Maybe they did. <laughs> we'll just go with that, I guess. Yeah, it's canon. Yeah. Now. That's how you guys came up with the name. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, that's, that's done and dusted. Uh... So we'll go over. This is a smaller comment, but I wanted to make sure that I got it out there. A little smurf size comment. A little smurf comment, and then we'll go to to break after this one, because then we'll have uh, you know a, you know like three more comments afterwards to dive into. But I had to get this one just cause, so you guys know, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this way you know the roadmap of where we're going in this episode. We got this uh, comment, and then a bunch of lies. <laughs> yeah mainly mainly made up by me 
I wrote a lot of bullshit for this one. <laughs> we wrote all these comments ourselves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't believe Governor Tracy's lies. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, so, this one, I, the reason I copied this one is because of, like, the, the, the what they were talking about. And it was basically just shitting on Spade and Farley. And I'm like, okay, I gotta do this one. So, it's, uh, this is from 2007, by the way. So, this is somebody who's watching it, like... 11 years after it came out right it always blows my mind yeah it's like they're watching it like way afterwards and it's like and now you're wanting to judge it mm-hmm. so it says um if you're going to be crude uh and or outrageous you better be funny i know the guy's dead but i'm sorry i don't get what the attraction ever was for uh, for the actor chris farley he and his movies uh, and the movies he was in generally speaking were trash i mean absolute garbage he was a huge slobby guy and not funny. You can be a big slob and still be a real likable actor like John Candy. But this guy was no John Candy. David Spade, his comedic partner in this film, isn't exactly the Bob Hope of comedians for his age either. Um, or for this age either. David Spade is not very funny. And an exception for him is Joe Dirt. Uh, I never laughed once during Black Sheep and only found myself watching it multiple times because there was nothing else to do, and at least I didn't have to think. David Spade is dull and uninteresting as the campaign manager, assistant, or whatever he was, to the point where he just seems to be standing around in a stupor of some kind. Tim Matheson and the rest of the cast bring absolutely nothing to the table. However, uh, I have saved the worst for last. Chris Farley. Oh my god. His acting. If you can oh call it that. God. Oh my <laughs> god. Um, here comes the meat wagon. Wee woo wee woo wee woo. Uh, <laughs> it says the rest of. Uh, or it says, uh, yeah. Uh, Chris Farley, uh, his acting, if you can call it that, is so over the top, overdone, overwrought, overacted, overweight that it boggles the mind. Now I know uh, Farley, Farley's whole shtick on SNL and his movies, uh, on his his wild, boisterous personality. And, and to be fair, it worked to a certain degree in his other movies like Tommy Boy. However, Tommy Boy was Oscar-worthy material compared to this craptacular eyesore of a movie. Here, here he is not funny at all. He is not even acting bad enough to make fun of. It really gets old really fast, and you start to get more and more angry at his ridiculous outbursts. <laughs> well, one thing is, uh, you watch this movie multiple times, only because there's nothing else to do. It's like, uh, are you trapped in the, a cabin, um, and uh, with no roof, with with only one one movie, and it's black sheep, right? Because other than that, there's always something else to do than watch a movie that you don't like. Right, yeah. It's like, I hate this movie, but I watched it like five times. I, I guess I, I don't have anything else to do. I might as well watch Black Sheep. Right. <laughs> what? I'm not going to be like, yeah, I have nothing else to do. Let me watch Geely. <laughs> That's not my first choice. Yeah. If I'm bored, I'm not like, let me put a movie I really fucking hate on. Right. Or I don't like at all. You know, I don't like this movie. Say I want to watch a Star Wars movie, you know my, you know I have all of them, but let me choose The Force Awakens. 
or something. You know, it's just it's, it's one of those things where it's like there's no one forcing you to watch this movie. No, and <laughs> I almost feel like the argument's deflated. When it's like, uh, it's talking about, like, I've seen this movie multiple times, you know. Uh, yeah, it's I like, I found what? myself watching it multiple times because there was nothing else to do. You could have done a lot of things instead of watching Black Sheep. You could have masturbated. You could have <laughs> counted to a thousand. You know, you could have done, like, literally anything else. You could have played solitaire, you know. You, you, you could have done a lot of different shit. You could have yeah. went out for a walk. You could have went and bought a dog at the pet store. You could have done a lot of shit. But you were like, you know you what? You get bored, you're just going to go buy a dog? Right. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't get bored and go buy an animal. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be okay with it for like the first day, and then afterwards you're like, fuck, why did I buy a ferret? Like, oh, this is responsibility. <laughs> why the fuck did I buy a ferret? I hate this thing. Now I'm never bored again. <laughs> I can just play with this animal now. Fuck movies. <laughs> Speaking of the cabin, you know it's the same cabin in Joe Dirt. That oh, is Jill it? lives in. Oh, really? That's in this movie. Oh, wow. Because it's the same director. Oh, or the okay. same writer. Fred Wolf. That's right. Same writer. Yeah. Okay. Because so I was he like, used the exact same cabin that they used in this movie in Joe Dirt. Oh, wow. That's, that's pretty crazy. Does. So does Joe Dirt exist in the Black Sheep universe? I'd like to think so. Yeah, I'd like to think the cabin existed before Black Sheep. Yeah, yeah, that 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 lineup probably, or maybe after Black Sheep. Maybe, yeah. So it's canon. It's yeah. canon. Yeah, <laughs> Joe Dirt is in the Black Sheep universe. Right. Yeah. I would like to think Tommy Boy's in the same universe too. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just another guy like that. Exactly like that. Exactly like that. Another comedy duo, Mike Myers and Dana Carvey. Just thought of it. Oh, yeah! We fucking totally <laughs> forgot about Mike Myers Dana Carvey. Holy shit. How Not even on the that? list. Not we didn't even, even make list. Screen Rant's list. They're like, yeah, Wayne's World, it's garbage. Fuck them. Screen Come Rant on, screen can rant. eat a dick. Except you, Ron George. Yeah, you're you're cool. We, we like you. Yeah. Liking Ryan George is super easy, barely an inconvenience. He should do a pitch meeting about Screen Rant. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay, so you have an idea for a website for me. Yes, sir, I do. <laughs> Ryan, if you do that, you want 10% of whatever that video makes. Because you might get fired. Right. So I want that last you. cut right before you get fired. And you gotta clean all your shit out of your desk. Nah, they would have to shut the station down if they fired Ryan George. He's the only. They're one like, yeah, we got rid of Ryan George. That's like everybody uh, unsubscribes from Screen Rant. Yeah, it goes from like <laughs> I think it's like ten million to like like twenty or something. It's right. Like, oh shit. Yeah. We're just kidding. <laughs> It'd be like the guy who does all the CEO stuff for College Humor. You know all those people that are doing like those joke videos about ending their YouTube channels and stuff. Right. And then they had all those people unsubscribe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no, we're not actually. That was a joke and stuff. And <laughs> didn't PewDiePie do that where he's yeah. like, I'm retiring from YouTube? And, and then, then people, people were like, yeah, fuck this guy. Like crazy. And then, and then he's, he's like, like oh fuck, I lost all my subscribers. I had like 20 million subscribers. What the fuck? I am retarded. I think they thought it was gonna have the opposite effect. Like, only gonna do a few more videos. Oh shit, he's only gonna do a few more. Everyone subscribe, but instead they're like, oh well, fucking unsubscribe this bullshit. I watch this bullshit anymore. <laughs> fuck you, Felix. Um, 
But yeah, it's like, but the the thing about like, um, like that's one of the things that always gets me. It's like whenever somebody wants to talk about Chris Farley and they're like, you know, he's so exaggerated and over the top, and they even wanted to say that he was overweight, and it's like, okay. How many people do you know that are that size that can fucking do a cartwheel? Because he can totally do that shit. He can actually do a cartwheel for real. You see him pulling some uh, football moves against the kids at the rec center when he's playing football with 32 the, belly option. With the, yeah, 32 belly option on go. <laughs> he does that in both movies too. Right, yeah. And Black Sheep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things like where you see him And it's the same running... football. They use the same football. Oh, Really? I don't know why they kept that. The, yeah, it's like did somebody just keep that as like a souvenir? I guess everybody from Tommy kept Boy? everything. Yeah, and it's like, hey, you know what? That football from uh, Tommy Boy use that shit. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's like you know he starts you know pulling some of them moves out, and you're like, you know, for a dude that's his size, he can move. He, you know, he's, you know, I think that's one of the things that people have this like misconception that it's like, in order for. You know, some people are like, well, he's only funny because he's like this big, you know, over-the-top slapstick fat guy. And everybody likes seeing the fat guy fall over or seeing the, the fat guy do something funny. It you helps. know, Like, we always talk about, like, Fat Jonah Hill, right? Like, Jonah Hill's way more entertaining when he's Fat Jonah Hill. Well, not only that, he seems happier. He seems happier? He just seems depressed when he's skinny. Is it because he's, like, starving himself? Yes, is that what probably. it is? Because he's trying to keep himself at it's that like, weight? It's like, dude, be healthy. Yeah. Be healthy. But you can still be kind of big because you just look sick. Right, yeah. Because it's like, when you see, like, skinny Jonah Hill, you're like, your face... Looks like it's melting away, dude. Like it's like Kevin Smith now. Yeah, Kevin Smith he just looks like skin and bones. Now. Right. Yeah, and it's like, look, dude, if you if you're doing the vegan thing and you know you're you're doing the exercise thing, good, man. I mean, if 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 you're healthy, th- that's that's your life. You have to live your life, right? But it's like when you see like the the bigger version of Kevin Smith or whatever, it's like he does look a lot healthier then, even though he was like you know his weight was bigger. Mm-hmm. But it's like, but it's like he he looked healthy in the face because his face was full out. When you see him now, it's like he just looks like skinny and gaunt because it's all yeah. drained out of his it's like cheeks. He shredded away. Yeah, and then it's like, and then he you know his like neck his neck looks super skinny, and it's like it just kind of skin's really sort stretchy. of yeah, and it kind of looks weird. It's like it's like it's like you know William Defoe's face always looks to me like he was supposed to be a fat dude, but he never got fat. Right. So his skin just piled up on his face. <laughs> That's the best description of Willem <laughs> Dafoe I think I've ever heard. That's fucking. That's a great yeah, thing yeah. to end on right there. Just put that image in your mind. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, just before we go to break though, I, I think that uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna say that like okay, you know David Spade is no Bob Hope, and you know <laughs> David Spade is no Bob. Hope. Yeah, he is not Bob Hope. He's a totally different kind know of what, comedian. I don't know. Means I didn't content. know what that means either. I'm like, how are you comparing David Spade to Bob Hope? It's like two different types of comedians. Tell David then, Spade that, and he'd probably be like, "Who?" Yeah, <laughs> so, I don't know who that is, man. Uh, but that, that'd be a sweet burn if I knew who you're talking about. <laughs> right? Yeah, that would be so sick, man. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's like the thing about like Chris Farley is that like you have some people that are like, well, he's only funny because he's like this big. Uh, bumbling fat guy, you know, and it's like, okay, his type of humor might not be for everybody. It's physical comedy, but it's physical comedy. Jim Carrey does the same thing. No one, no one talks shit about Melissa McCarthy whenever she does it, right? 
Who do you think she got it from? Yeah. You think she just came up with that shit on her own? No, she watched fucking Chris Farley on SNL. Yeah. And Tommy Boy and shit. And now we have Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, uh, Kevin James. Yeah, Kevin James is basically a guy that wouldn't even be famous if fucking Chris Farley was still alive. Oh, yeah. There was an absence there. And uh, Kevin James is great. Yeah, I, I like, like Kevin James. Yeah. Paul Blart is hilarious. Yeah, yeah I always liked uh, King of Queens. That was yeah. a really good Here show. Here Comes the Boom Yeah, is probably my favorite Kevin James movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. And he actually gets into pretty good shape. And, he, you know, he doesn't get skinny or ripped. He just, you know, you can be in good shape and still be big. Yeah. You know, offensive linemen in the NFL and defensive linemen do it all the time. Yeah. You know, they have to. They're 300 plus pounds, but they're, they're still That's not all pretty muscle. athletic. That was all muscle. They'd be bodybuilders, right? Yeah, and bodybuilders usually don't weigh three hundred pounds. They're usually like five foot eight, two fifty, <laughs> but they're so short they look like they're goddamn huge. They look like they're built like a brick shit house. Yeah, like, yeah there's no there's no mass. Arnold's anymore. There are no six foot four guys that can build out like that. You always see that. It's like, oh damn, look at this dude in this worked out magazine. This dude's fucking arms are huge. You meet him, he's like five five. Right. <laughs> It's like, yep, yep, just got through, you know, doing my uh, round at the gym, and it's like, oh man, I thought you'd be like way taller. Arnold's like six two. What the fuck? Yeah, it's like Dolph Lundgren's six foot six. Yeah, you know how hard it is to fill up a six foot six person with muscle. Yeah, way harder than it does a five foot five person. And it takes a lot of fucking calories yeah. and protein. And yeah, Terry Crews, you know, yeah. it's like six four or whatever, and he's fucking. He has to eat yeah. ten thousand calories a day. Yeah, The Rock, like when he was getting ready to do Hercules, wasn't he doing like? Steroids. He was. He, yes. was, he was doing. He was doing roids and like I think twelve thousand calories a day. Um, still in great shape. Still in great shape. Yeah, but we know you're pumping the roids, Rock. Um, just look at the veins. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, at the veins. <laughs> and how bad do you sweat whenever you have to move a little bit? <laughs> yeah. That ain't functional. That's just for show. That's just show muscle. That's just show muscle. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I just think that it's like when when people, especially when you want to say that like he's. That Chris Farley is not John Candy. That John Candy was a way better fat guy actor than Chris Farley. It's like, it's like I love John Candy. I've always loved John Candy, and I think John Candy died way too young, just like Chris did. And but I I never really compared the two because they are a little bit of a different types of comedians. Well, you know? we're compared to John Candy because Chris Farley grew up idolizing John Candy. Right. But John Candy did his comedy different. Yeah. John Candy was, and I'm not saying Chris Farley isn't good at it, John Candy was better at taking the dramatic, serious stuff, tears, to comedy. Right. He always knew how to set up and build up a payoff. Chris Farley did more slapstick stuff. He could get serious and down. But that part was really more John Candy's thing. And Chris Farley was like a high energy comedian, right? Yeah, you know, like very uh, outrageous. John Candy wasn't. He was. He was kind of one of those guys that could take you on an emotional roller coaster. He kind of started this whole, you know, uh, comedy movies where it was like, it was funny, but also serious, right? You know, like uh, uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, it, it's a serious movie. I mean, literally in one part of it. He's thinking about killing himself. I mean, it's a serious movie, but it's also funny because it's John Candy and uh, Steve Martin. Right. 
uh, two, you know, SNL guys. And uh, that movie runs off John Candy. <laughs> right. And Steve Martin was a superstar in those days also, but that mm-hmm. movie runs off John Candy's emotions. Right. And, uh, you know, the emotional side of usually Chris Farley, uh, emotional side's usually on the David Spade side. That's kind of his thing in the movie. Right. You know, he's the one that runs the emotional scenes. And then Chris Farley does all the, you know, high energy comedy scenes. The wacky, yeah, yeah. stuff. And I, you know, and I, I think that, like, the, the thing for me that I think makes it interesting is the fact that, like, in Black Sheep, it's like Mike, or Chris Farley's character, Mike, he is a fuck up through, like, the entire movie. But it's like when he realizes that possibly there's some voter fraud, he's like, oh, fuck, we got a real chance of being able to make this work. And you can you can see, you know, him putting things together and figuring it out and that kind of stuff. And it's like that's one of the things about Chris's performances. I think sometimes it gets a little, you know, underrated is everybody remembers like the slapstick stuff. Like everybody, you know, remembers, you know, like uh, him getting whacked in the head with the broom when the fucking bat's attached to his head. And he's like, oh my god! You know, and then fucking David Spade's like just fucking beating the shit out of him with a broom. You know, and people remember that kind of stuff, but it's like, but when he has to... When he has to figure out, you know, how they're gonna get to, you know, they're gonna get to the governor's mansion and they're gonna expose Tracy as, you know, doing the voter fraud and all that kind of stuff. It's like... You I know, like the scene going into it before whenever the campaign manager is like, it's time to choose, me or your idiot brother. And he's like, yeah. kicks him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turns yeah, yeah. around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's like, still my brother. He might be a fuck up, but he's still my brother. Yeah, it's, yeah, that, <laughs> it's yeah, awesome. that's, yeah, it's that part's awesome. really cool. Like, he just gets kicked out of the limo. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. and, and, and I, I think that that's, it's that kind of stuff. And then even like the scene in Tommy Boy... Where, um, you know, he's like, he's like thinking like, I don't have what my dad has. My dad was a salesman. He could sell any of this shit to anybody. He was, I don't have that. And he was like, he was like, you know, David Spade's like, you're right. You're not your dad. He was like, but he was like, you have some of the same instincts that your dad had. You know, it's like you have street smarts and not everybody has that. It's like, you know how, you know how to deal with people because he's like that's what your dad was and it's like he was a better salesman but it's like you might be able to win them over too and you can see tommy kind of going through the whole thing of like he's got the entire factory on his shoulders because if he if him and richard fail at selling those brake pads the whole factory's done right so he's got all that weight on him on this on black sheep it's you know as mike he's got the whole uh, you know, governor's campaign of his brother that he's potentially fucked up because he's just done all this crazy shit and they, they have all these like situations where either he's fucked up or, you know, like they have the thing where they have the photos of him setting the rec center on fire or at least that's what it's supposed to look like that Mike set it on fire when it was really Governor Tracy's goons doing it, you know. And it's like when he realizes that he can actually fix things, it's like you can see his acting chops kick in 
And then later on, and then you know when they're in, you know in the in the squad car, they're like high and they're fucking they're just like saying stupid shit and you know that kind of stuff. So it's like you get to see his range through these movies of like he can do the serious stuff, and then as soon as they get the serious stuff out of the way, it's like boom, right back to the comedy you were expecting. Right. You know, and I think that's one of the geniuses about Chris is that he can take it serious when he needs to be. But he gives you just enough serious stuff to ground the movie in reality, you know, like when he they're thinking that they're doomed and, you know, it, uh, David Spade's character is like, you know, he's like, oh, well, my fucking career is over with now because this is just a calamity. And then, you know, it's like after that scene, it's like then you get to see, you know, Chris you know, go and do his slapstick stuff again. Like when he gets the fucking antenna stuck on his belt and he's like, Oh God, <laughs> you know, and then, uh, and that whole thing, it's like, th- there's so many good moments, but the thing that, that I would say is that like for people that want to say like, well, you know, he, he's not a replacement for John Candy. He was never meant to be. He's a different type of comedian, but to say that you know he's gonna always be compared to somebody like John Candy, it's like I don't think so. To me, it's like I think John Candy is a different type of actor than than Chris was. But that's not to say that it's bad. It's just they're just two different types of people. But it's like they always in comedy that you always find people that want to say like, oh well, this guy's you know the next like Jim Belushi or he's the next this, and it's like just let them be their own people. You know, David Spade's his own type of comedian. You know, how many people... uh, People are going to compare people to other people because they don't have anything else to compare them to. I mean... I mean, I guess. At a certain extent, whenever you you get your own legend, then you stop being compared to the other person. Yeah. Same way in any sport or any genre. Yeah, you become a new standard. But we'll talk about it more after the break. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and just... We'll go ahead and take a break here. back yes back again shady's back tell a friend tell some men (laughs) wait what (laughs) oh man but uh yeah so we're continuing our journey through black sheep uh the 2000 was it six movie about 2006 movie about uh genetically modified killer sheep right (laughs) in, in new zealand in New Zealand. Yeah, that's important. In New Zealand. Starring uh, Chris Farley and David Spade in this hilarious comedy about murderous sheep. Right. <laughs> that's not this movie. <laughs> <laughs> in case you're high on nitrous oxide uh, and don't know. Road. Roads. Limits. Limits. Limit. That's another one of them words. That's another one of those words. Limit. <laughs> oh my god, we're high. <laughs> oh my god, that we're high. <laughs> Uh, it, the, all, the other thing too is like when they get pulled over by the cop 
And he was like, do you have any idea how fast you're going, officer? He was like, this thing will get up there. And he was like, yeah, this thing. 65, 70? Seven. Seven miles per hour. Seven miles an hour. And he was like, he just kind of looks like, oh, shit. (laughs) And then Steve's in the back, like, trying to make it like he's handcuffed and stuff. And he was like, uh, he was like, yeah, transporting a prisoner, you know, from Buckley County. And I guess the, it was a, what did he say that he did? It was like he uh, he slaughtered like four hundred chickens and or something, and he like uh, he had sex with a he had sex with something like yeah. an animal, and then uh, he was uh, he had sex with like a horse or something like that. And something then, like that. yeah, it's like the most like outrageous shit that he 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 just made up on the fly. Oh god! <laughs> it's, it's like that. Uh, I don't know if you ever seen that Key and Pill skit about that uh, worst uh, motivational speaker ever, like in a high school or something. And they had the ex gang member dude come in, and he's like, "I used to be like you. I used to make jokes and stuff." And he was like, "Then I got in a gang and hard on the streets." And he was like, "And I would have kept going hard on the streets till a piano fell on my head." <laughs> <laughs> Like what? <laughs> is this a, is this a motherfucking cartoon? What the hell? And he would keep doing that, and he was like, you know. And then I lost my dad, and he'd get all serious and stuff. And he was like, and then I got eaten by a dragon. They're like, what? The yeah. <laughs> Clearly not, because you're still fucking alive. And dragons don't exist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The ex-gang member dude that came in just to tell a bunch of bullshit. Right, yeah. I was I was having a heart on the street. <laughs> then the guy named Grouch <laughs> told me the truth. <laughs> it's like, what? That's Sesame Street. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but as far as um, the, the comedy for this goes... Um, I, I just don't think it's, I think some people just never really understood Spade and Farley and like their type of humor yes it, people with no sense of humor yeah people that don't understand humor probably don't understand these guys so it, it uh, and, and this person actually went through the trouble of making uh, a four point list uh, at the end so four point is, list okay yeah. I'm, sure do, I'm gonna be writing over here guys so if you hear me right and I'm gonna be writing down this uh, spectacular four-point list. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, it, but he starts off with like, uh, like kind of an intro to it, and he says, "This is a, tip, a, a typically crude PG-13 comedy of today that does have its uh, funny moments, but overall is low class. In this film, believe me, most of the skits were not funny, and they are the usual sex jokes. Hollywood is obsessed with sex in its comedy movies." Hey, I can laugh at dumb humor with the best of them, and I'll laugh at a good sex joke, too. But I couldn't find uh, that many good sketches in here. That's what the film really is. One sketch over another featuring Farley and or Spade. Uh, This guys did better in Tommy Boy. They did meant these guys. Did better in Tommy Boy, but not much better. Uh, there was a point in the movie where they go up to a cabin in the woods where presumably comedic wackiness will ensue. <laughs> it does. It, it doesn't, in fact. 
Uh, I actually wondered if the uh, writers had a brief moment of clarity and realized the disaster that they were creating and went on strike. So the director and the actors tried to improvise around the cabin scenario. In any event, the the point in the movie showed uh, the utter desperation these performers must have been feeling. I, I say they knew what they were doing, but either didn't know how to salvage it or they just didn't care. Shame on all of them. There are some scenes here that are just so painful to watch that it makes you sick. And then he puts uh, point number one. Point number one. Okay. Okay, so uh, scene number one. Chris Farley's encounter with the bat in the cabin. In the cabin. Uh, Spade covers him with a blanket and whacks the living crap out of him. <laughs> this was probably a take on the scene with the bees and Tommy Boy in the car, and it falls flat on its ugly face. Like, not really the same. Not really at no, all. No, not really the same. I mean, because on the Tommy Boy one, he's just like, Bees! Bees! Oh my god, bees! And then, you know... Like, holy shit, that worked. It's like, uh... It's like, man, I'm what allergic. are we gonna do? I'm allergic I'm allergic to bees. And he's like, I am too. And he was like, let's just get out of here. And he's like, yeah. And then he stops and he's like, holy shnikes, that worked. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, it's like, but then this is like, there's a bat loose in the cabin because they decided that they were, he was like, I'm not going to touch it. You touch it. And he was like, okay, we'll touch it at the same time. And they touch it. It's like, you know, like flying around. And it, it was like, oh my God, it's Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> <laughs> that one got a laugh out of me. And then, uh, and then when he, it lands how these, on the, or how these, uh, critic reviewers do it. It made me chuckle once. No one uses the word chuckle anymore. Yeah, it gave me a couple of chuckles. It gave me a couple of chuckles. <laughs> um, but I wasn't like falling on the ground in laughter and my lungs hurt. Like, it wasn't that funny. It's like, well, you have no sense of humor. And like the whole thing about it, when he gets the bat trapped on and then he throws the blanket over and just proceeds to beat the shit out of him with a broom. He's like, oh God, why are you hitting me? That part's pretty hilarious because it's like, you know, the whole thing where he's trying to catch him with two pans and it's like, that's that's just a failure. That's not going to work. You okay. know, on each of these points, I'm going to write a, a one word opinion about each of his points and then John will read it after. Yeah. What I wrote. So, I okay, wrote my so first, I, wrote, I wrote my first one word opinion. So, let's okay. So point. that was the bat scene in the cavern okay. and then the cabin. Uh, so number two. Uh, Farley getting stoned and shouting out 60 slogans to cheers at a rock concert and screws it up by screaming, Kill Whitey! <laughs> That's still one it of has my never parts been, of that It has never been funny, not even sitcom funny. <laughs> That's always one of my favorite parts of it. Yeah. This dude must think like it was like it's meant to be taken seriously or something. It's it like, you know, we get high with all like, the Jamaicans. And, even the Rastafarian dude's like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, no, 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 no. We're, get, we're getting fucked over by the man. We don't want to kill everyone. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> it's like, kill Whitey. Yeah, I like that. The They're part. like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I like, I like it when he's like, when he's first in there, he's like, so what you're saying is, is that like, I am the man, and the man has been holding you guys down with this oppression and this racism. And he was like, dude, that sucks. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> And he's so fucking high when he gets on stage. He just starts doing crazy shit. Yeah, the speech was awesome. Then he yeah. was like, and kill Whitey. 
Kill Whitey! Yeah. And his brother's like, Kill Whitey? What were Kill you Whitey? thinking? And he was like, he's over there panicking, like, he's Oh like, my god, no. my fucking campaign's dead, my career's over. <laughs> my brother just okay. said, Kill Whitey, Whitey on stage. fucking MTV, was it MTV Rocks, right? Yeah, and then yeah. they spun it around. Yeah. It's like, he was just saying, you know, black people are repressed and stuff. Yeah. Uh... So that was point number two, right? Him getting stoned and okay. yelling "Kill Whitey" at the uh, MTV Rocks, Rocks the Vote. Okay, um, one word. One uh, word. Number three, uh, uh, which would be uh, Steve's face-off with the crazy Vietnam veteran. Uh, this is like seeing <laughs> Gary Busey. This is like seeing the worst police academy movie you can think of. Spade was Wait, in one on, of the first, worst, so is maybe there, he liked it. Is there it. a worst police academy movie? Let's be honest. Is there a worse? Uh, it's six. It's. No. <laughs> yeah. I think it's universally part six, right? Um, but other than that, yeah, are there any of them really bad? No, I mean, especially they're all if just you, funny. Yeah, things. it's. It, I always like the Police Academy movies. You know, everything that they're making a TV show out of uh, recently, that would be the show that yeah. would fucking nail it. Police Academy. Police I, Academy. I ca- well, no, nah, it's not Brooklyn Nine Nine because they're actually good cops. <laughs> they're just a little fucking crazy, but yeah, because I would think like, well, Brooklyn Nine Nine is like kind of in that spirit a little bit. Yeah, but so they're not a bunch covered. of dumbasses. They're not a bunch of dumbasses. Yeah, the thing about the Police Academy was that like they were having a, a big crime wave, and they're like, we got to really just get a lot more cops. Yeah, but like none of them knew what the fuck they were doing. You know, uh, except like Steve Gutenberg, he's actually a pretty decent cop in that movie. Yeah, and then the I forget her name, the black chick's name, the one um, that talked all squeaky. She was a great cop. Oh shit! What was her name? Uh, damn it! Oh, I, I know who you're talking about. Like uh, everyone else, kind of sucked. Like Hightower wasn't really a good cop. Like he just uh, had like the really cool guns and shit, but he was kind of a bad cop. He was a bad cop, and then even the love interest of Steve DeBerg, she wasn't a good cop. Uh, it was really, it was really only, yes, uh, uh, Steve DeBerg and then the, the, uh, I forget the black chick's name. She was good, cause she was busting everyone. Uh, yeah. Oh, shit, I can't remember the name of her character either, it was like... I forget, man, it it's like, been so long since I watched Was it Cribs? Was it, was it something Cribs? I think it was Cribs, I think you're right. But was let's get Cribs? back on topic before we... But anyway, go, okay, before so... Before we start Googling, like, fucking Police Academy and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um... Okay. Uh, so, yeah. The, uh, did, did you already get your one-word answer? For which one? For the, uh, uh, Steve's face-off with the crazy Vietnam guy. Uh, you didn't finish it. I interrupted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it says, this is like seeing the worst police academy movie you can think of. Spade was in one of the, the worst, so maybe he liked it. Oh, that was it? That was it, yeah. I mean... You got your one-word answer for that? Oh, yeah, let me... Okay. <laughs> the, the thing that I will say about that is that, like, when he encounters uh, Drake when he's trying to take a piss, and he ends up, like, pissing himself, that that, that whole thing's pretty funny. And oh, then, yeah, when, yeah. And then when, uh, when Mike comes out and fucking, they go, like, you know, toe-to-toe, like, fighting and shit, and he fucking picks him up and, like, fucking, you know, he does, like, <laughs> the body slams him and shit, and he was like, uh... He earned Drake's respect after that because he was like, "You got some damn good moves, man," you know, yeah. and like that type of stuff. And then uh, he was like, 
He, he was like, uh, hey, he was like, do you, uh, do you, you know, do you like, uh, you know, Bruce Lee movies? And he was like, I want all of them on Laserdisc. And then it's like, yeah. it's like, then he was just like totally cool with them. He was He's like, like, come on in. Yeah, come on in, man. Let's, let's, let's chill. Uh, and then it was, uh, funny because like, there's, uh, <laughs> um, uh, the, the part that still gets me is like when they're doing the, the voter fraud thing at the end. And, and he was the, like, the, 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 the Gary Busey has a rocket launcher. He has a fucking rocket launcher, and he's just like fucking waving it around. Everybody's like, he still oh should, shit. He still should have been arrested. <laughs> he has a rocket launcher. He has a fucking rocket launcher. Like that's not some shit a regular person would <laughs> just not have. Supposed to have that, right? Um, but I guess and he clearly has PTSD. Yeah, I know he certainly does. Um, he clearly like when, has uh, fucking when uh, Dodds, yeah, Steve Dobbs, he, he's like, uh, he was like, yeah, Charlie, uh, Charlie said you can go home. The war's over now, <laughs> and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's just funny because he's talking about like I think he's talking about like his his great grandfather, and he was like he was like a zeppelin landed on his head and smashed his head clean out through his ass. <laughs> I was like, what the? Fuck? That's fucked up. <laughs> I like how the governor chicks like uh, uh, whenever she gets busted and stuff, and it was like uh, she was like telling like her her uh, assistant or campaign manager, Newswander. Uh, Newswander is like tell him, and she was like, it was her. She put us up to it. Yeah, it's like uh, there's a perfectly good explanation for this, perfectly you know, reasonable explanation. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, and he was like, Newswander, t- you know, tell them, and he was like, oh, there's a perfectly good explanation. She put us up to it. <laughs> it was it's all her idea. <laughs> and she was, and she like, was like, what? What the hell, Nushwander? And yeah. he was like, ha Yeah? Fuck you. you know, he's got his, uh, Turned him like shit the whole movie. He finally was just like, fuck it. He just snapped, yeah. <laughs> like uh, when he's uh, fucking uh, stirring his, uh, his little drink that he's making. Yeah. And she was like, are you going to finish stirring that fucking drink? <laughs> uh, and he's just like... Okay, I'm only, right. I'm only gonna take so much of this. And yeah, as soon as that um, opportunity hit, it's like, yep, it's all on her. Yeah, <laughs> she put like, us up to yeah, it. Yeah, she put us up to it. The whole voter fraud. She's thing. like, what the fuck? And he's like, I don't care. Anymore. Yeah. Um, and then she gets trapped under poor Mike when the fucking yeah, and he's all like, <laughs> oh, it's like he's stuck, <laughs> and he looks like he's like he's dry humping her, and I'm like, why doesn't somebody bother to lift the fucking podium off of him? Because he obviously can't get up. It's fucking trapped on his leg. It fucking uh, Sergeant uh, Sergeant Savage is just sitting there. He's just standing there looking at him, fucking dry humping the former governor. <laughs> it's like fucking lift the podium off of him, man. You know the shit. Things aren't that heavy. They're yeah, it, it's, yeah. I mean, he literally was stuck in a voting booth earlier in the movie. Fell over and fucking punched through both of them and got those women out. <laughs> That's okay. another one of my favorite moments too. Is the 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 voter booth thing with the the women when they get trapped in it. Um, okay. So okay. So number four, number the last four. one. Uh, ready for the best part? Farley actually finds out that the election is rigged at the last minute. So th- this is so unlikely after we've seen him stumble through one blunder after another that I was scratching my head in disbelief. Of course, there must be some uh, conflict that has to be resolved. But the scene where Matheson or um, you know uh, Al, his brother, tells Mike to keep out of the way is so unbelievable because uh, we don't feel that they have any connection to one another in the first place. I mean that's that's not true. I mean they seem like they're pretty good brothers. 
Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, he even, you know, it's like, uh, you know, he even says, like, you know, he's like, I love my brother Mike. And it's like, you know, he, he makes some mistakes. He's like, but we all make mistakes, you know. He's just, it's, yeah. he's just busy. He's trying to be governor. Right. Of Virginia, I think? No, it's Washington. Washington. Yeah, state same of Washington. Thing. Same thing. Hello, Washington! Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I, you know, it's like, but it, it, the whole thing about the, about this movie is that, like, he, he can see that Mike is in, you know, is possibly like a, um, uh, like a, a liability when it comes to his campaign, but it's also his brother. So he's like, I can't really get on to him because I know that he's kind of a dumbass and he does some dumb shit. But his heart is in a good place. So he knows that his brother is just trying to help him get elected. He's just kind of a dumbass and gets stuck in stupid situations. Right. Like when he's like smoking weed with the kids. And then when he does the Kill Whitey thing on the stage. And then the, the pictures come out showing that he's like, you know, implicated that he set the rec center on fire. You know, but he knows that his heart is in a good place. And he's just, he's just trying to help. And he's just kind of a dumbass and gets himself into, into trouble all the time. You know, you know, I I feel like if they ever would have made a part two, Mike could have been become president. Still, I just don't think there's anything you can do just not to be president. See, that would have been funny if they would have made Black Sheep too. Like, say, if if Chris in an alternate universe had had lived on, and they were and like somewhere hey, in the multiverse, Chris Farley's still alive. Yeah. Somewhere in an alternate dimension, that version of Chris Farley has already made, like, Black Sheep 4, you know, uh, or something. And instead, Kevin Spacey died young. Yeah. Like, right after The Negotiator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to live in that universe. Mm-hmm. And that There's universe, a- is it Baron Stain or Baron Steen Bears? It's, uh, Baron Goldblum. Baron Goldblum bears. Okay. No confusion in that universe. Yeah, yeah, no. And it's just bears with the faces of Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum? All of them have the faces of Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> and, fun fact, Jeff Goldblum is president. Oh, okay. And that in that universe? Yes. Yeah. Currently. Yeah. That's I, I vote for President Goldblum. At least Me he too. wouldn't do dumb shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, we can say that, and he would look fly. Right. Pretty fly looking dude. Yeah. And he also was in the fly, so that works. See? Yeah. Did he invent the word fly? Um Yes, he, he is pretty the, fly for, for a white, white guy. guy. Yeah. Fucking Jeff Goldblum. I just now get that. Yeah. I just now get that. Offspring totally stole that. Okay, so here's my one word answers. For all four things. All four um, things. So number one is go. Okay. Like uh go and uh you know, like, uh, you know, like he's got the bat attached to the back of his head. It's like, go beat the go, shit out go. of him. Yeah, get the bat. Go. He's got yeah, to go. go. He's got to hit the bat. He's got to smack him in the yeah. back of the head to get the fucking bat. He's got to. Number two is uh, the word fuck. Um, because, you know, you just kind of when you're watching and he's like the kill Whitey. You're like, oh, fuck. 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 That is that is not a good idea. 
number three is uh, Steve's facing off with um, you know Sergeant Drake Savage. Your yeah, and it's uh, it's it's your you know it's like it's your responsibility to be a good American and to you know treat your veterans with respect. Yeah, exactly. you know they went through a lot of shit. It's it's your responsibility to do that. Exactly. And then you know number four is uh, yourself. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Because you know if you're running a political campaign, you have to believe in yourself. Uh, before the voters will believe in you, and that's how so, you get elected. As long as there's no one ever, you know, doing election fraud. So I guess, I guess yeah. what we're saying. So we're it's saying uh, go fuck yourself. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well played. Well played. Uh, done. Yes. So. <laughs> in the immortal words of uh, of Steve here, not Steve from the movie, actual Steve that's here at the table. The actual one, yes. The Go real, fuck real yourself. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Okay. Uh, so There's my four points. My right. four points are all go fuck yourself. Yeah, go fuck yourself. That's pretty simple. Uh, those are words to live by. Uh, <laughs> um, I, think, I think that's Reddit's slogan. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Welcome to the front page of Reddit. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's still classier than 4chan. 4chan is basically the asshole of the internet. Dick it's where all the, it's where all the shit comes out. It's where all the racists are now, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Fucking 4chan. The the home of the Nazis. And wannabe Nazis. Yeah. Woo! Okay. But fur, uh, furries are cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Especially uh, when people get into that Star Fox cosplay. Yeah, it's some hot shit. <laughs> it's, it's not a sexual thing. You gotta listen to the, the furries episodes on the worst year ever. They interviewed a bunch of furries. Because apparently they were getting like attacked by neo-Nazis at some point. Did you know that? The, the neo-Nazis the furry, were going up their furries? Furry community, yeah. What? Why? Because the furries banned them from their event events and stuff. So oh, they okay. tried to like they they actually chemical attacked them at one of them. Chemically attacked them? Chemically attacked them at one of them. What? What 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 chemical did they use? I forget, but it's on the episodes cuz uh Robert Evans like interviewed some of the furries that were there and then how they dealt with it after that. Oh, wow. So crazy. And it's like, and furries usually, like, they're just their own community, man. They don't fuck with other people. Yeah, they're just nice people. They just dress up. They just like to dress up as, as like, anthropomorphic animals, and they like the costumes. I know a lot of people, and this is not about furries, but I know a lot of people, like, make fun of those people, and it's like, oh, they like, you know, it's like, oh, you're dressed up like a fox. Let's fuck, you know, or like, you know, yeah. you're dressed up like a rhino. Fucking, let's do this. Yeah, they said that's not how they are at all at this. No, 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 no. It's they just they, they, they like just, to talk to each other. That's what it's all about is communicating with new people. It's and they meeting. like to hug a lot. Yeah, they're uh, really they're it's, very friendly. Which I wouldn't recommend doing the furry thing right now with the coronavirus going around. Yeah, that'd probably be. Yeah, because you know. your My Little Pony cosplay is probably not going to go super correct if you're spreading coronavirus to all the other furries at the at the, uh, the event. So everybody stay yeah. safe. Keep your so- social difference. I know this isn't a social PSA. distance. Yeah, we're trying. We don't want to talk a lot about this because we're hoping this is a distraction for you guys right now. Yeah. So we'll, but we'll coronavirus is going on, so we got to talk about it yeah. at some level. So you guys just stay safe. But that's all we're going to talk about it because we don't want you to be like, ah, oh, fuck, someone else talking about it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just everyone be safe. 
safe. And yeah. We'll, we'll, do we have another comment, or was that? Uh, a- well, we have like two smaller ones. So okay. these are going to be kind of like, um, like just sort of uh, a little know, like little po- desserts. Pokemon sized. Uh, yeah, a little Pokemon sized. Yeah, bitch sized. Uh, <laughs> Digimon. <laughs> Digimon is the superior monster game. Digimon, come at me. Uh, Catch me outside. How about that? Um, but <laughs> that's uh, right. I, I would like to think Doctor Phil really regrets having her on. <laughs> oh god, because he created a monster. Because not only did she get famous off of that shit and became a meme, but then she got a fucking record deal. And somebody was like, you know what? Let's get her to do like a rap album for us. That'll be a great that idea. That goes to show you, rap is bullshit. If 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 she if, <laughs> if, if Danielle she can, Broly can fucking get a record contract, fucking anybody can. Rap is dead. <laughs> yeah, true hip hop is dead. The only ones keeping it alive is basically Eminem and probably Snoop Dogg. Like that's the yeah. only two that are left that actually and give a fuck Drake, about it. I'm just kidding. And Drake, Drake ain't produced shit. No I more. said Drake. Oh Drake. Oh no. He, yeah. That yeah. Canadian. That Canadian rap alive and well. Yeah. Degrassi, Degrassi, uh, from the six, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like whoever fucking thought of Toronto as like the sixth borough. It's like, come on, it's not even the same fucking country. Get off that shit, all you people, and and not to not to make fun of our Canadian fans. Well, what do you mean, you people? <laughs> what do you mean, you people? I mean, you Canadian fucking people. That call Toronto the sixth. It's not the sixth borough of New York. It's a totally different fucking country. Okay? Let's just get that out in the open. But what if New York just absorbs it? If New York wants to invade Canada and fucking be like, yo, we are fucking taking Toronto. We're just fucking taking that shit. Then it's like, fine. Then you can be the sixth borough of New York. I think they would do it. If someone told them they could. You're talking about New Yorkers. Nah, actually, I take that back. They're probably too lazy to leave the city. Or too narcissistic to leave the city. No, we're New Yorkers. Why do we need any fucking thing else? We don't need somebody Greatest else's fucking city problems. in the world. No, yeah. you're not. <laughs> no, everybody knows the greatest city in the world is Terre Haute, Indiana. I mean, Psst, come on. Come on. <laughs> it's just known. I mean, come Pawnee. on. Pawnee. It's Pawnee, Indiana. Right, Pawnee. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Vote it's, Leslie Note. Yeah. Um... <laughs> but uh oh black sheep 2 featuring uh amy polar that'd be great uh <laughs> Fuck, that's a good idea yeah so tina fey could be the one that's running for office and then her sister amy polar so that could work as <laughs> a fuck up and is continuously up, yeah. <laughs> yeah oh yeah let's hollywood make that shit happen let's do this if that happens we want 10 percent. no fuck it we want 15 17, 17%. 17%. 17%. That's no budging on that. That's 17 no straight up. Um, and we also want merchandising rights. Directed by Patty Jenkins. We'll take nothing less. Fucking take my money right now. <laughs> I'm fry. Take my money. Um, uh, but uh, so this is a, so this smaller comment. I'll get this one out of the way and then we'll get to the to the big guns at the end. So in this one it says, while many critics did not like the comedy duo of uh, Farley and Spade, I thought those guys were funny. And while 1995's Tommy Boy was panned miserably by critics, I thought that film was hilarious. Uh, since uh, that film did well at the box office, director Penelope Spiris 
who made the hilarious Wayne's World, lost her directing skills a little bit with the Beverly Hillbillies and improved once again with the 90s version of the Little Rascals movie. Uh, I thought it would be a good idea to reteam the comedy duo for another film that would be released uh, almost a year after Tommy Boy. Boy, did she make a huge mistake. This film makes the Beverly Hillbillies look like Citizen Kane. <laughs> the story of... <laughs> look, 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 look. I'm not, even, Hill- I'm not even done yet, but I, I had to stop. The Beverly, Hill movie, the Beverly Hillbillies movie was great. It was really good. I like that have, movie. It has Jim Varney in it. Yeah. He is the main character. Right. Jim Varney. Yeah. Uh, he's an amazing comedy actor in his own right. And then the other guy that's in everything that I can never remember his name. <laughs> um, that's useful. <laughs> no, nah, you know, he was in like... Um, uh, office space and uh, well he's in the Jay and Silent Bob stuff as the security guard that always wants Diedrich Batter D- yeah Diedrich Batter he always wants uh, uh, Bob to suck Jay's dick uh, <laughs> you remember and then say yeah, ooh yeah, yeah. what a nice little tea party yeah <laughs> it's like what <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway so it says <laughs> It says, uh, the story of how I got to watch Black Sheep was after I saw Tommy Boy and I loved it. I took a trip to Blockbuster and picked this up. I believe that Saturday Night Live producer Lorne Michaels had something to do with this. Nah. And that man is a disgrace. Every time (laughs) I see his name on something, I know it's going to suck. (laughs) I I thought it would be hilarious. The story... (laughs) (laughs) This guy really fucking hates Lord Michael. You're a disgrace, the most successful TV producer of all time. Oh, God. It's like the most successful TV producers of all time would be who? Lauren Michael and Dick Wolf? Dick, uh, Dick Wolf and uh, probably, uh, what's the what's his name? The dude that did like 90210 and he did like, it was like Dallas and all that stuff. Uh, You're reaching in a bag. I'm just going for people that's out there now. Oh, uh, okay. Dick Wolf. That's Dick my, Wolf uh, has made like eight thousand episodes of just fucking generic TV cop movie shows, and it's fucking made them billion. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, but let's uh, call yeah. this one like CSI Tuscaloosa. I guess <laughs> I don't know. Like, but uh, I don't know. We got to we got to investigate the murder of the Auburn football team. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they, they, play, got their they played looked. Alabama. Oh, oh. no! Nah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be fun. That'd be something for uh, like Funny Main to do. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> uh, but it's <laughs> uh, but every time I see his name on something, I know that it's going to suck. I thought it would be hilarious. The storyline seemed funny, <laughs> but there was one part in this. There was uh, not one part in this film I laughed at. If you don't know, even uh, if you don't know, even Gene Siskel before he died said this is this was the only film he ever walked out in a theater since Million Dollar Duck in 1971, which forced Roger Ebert to say, "Boy, Gene, I envy you." So do I, Mr. Siskel, and I typically listen to audiences, not critics. 
but I should have listened to you in this case. I even turned this off immediately and turned it uh, re- turned it back to Blockbuster because it sucks so much. An embarrassing waste of talent. If you need something to watch with Farley, try his next film after this called Beverly Hills Ninja. It's hilarious. If under any circumstances you see Black Sheep, I will never recommend a good film to you again. Um, for one, <laughs> uh, uh, he walked out of Maniac too, and that came out in 1980. Yeah, so your facts are a little wrong. Learn um, some shit before you want to talk shit, dude. Learn some shit. Get some fucking knowledge. Uh, but yeah, the, but the, the making fun of like Lorne Michaels, and it's like I know there's some people that are like, yeah, the SNL movies don't always do what they think it's going to do. But it's like the Wayne's World movies were hilarious. I like The Ladies' Man. That movie's pretty good to me. Um, you know, Night at the Roxbury. That shit's hilarious. Superstar's hilarious. Uh, I know there's like probably a lot of them that I'm missing. Yeah, okay. But, so he uh, produced The Three Amigos. Oh, yeah, he did Three Amigos, too. He, yeah, yeah. He, he produced The Three Amigos. He, uh, you know, Wayne's World, obviously. Coneheads. Oh, yeah, Coneheads. That was an SNL movie, too. That's right. He produced Lassie. Le- what? Yeah, he produced Lassie. He did a Lassie movie? <laughs> yeah, he produced the Lassie movie. Uh, Tommy Boy, Black Sheep. Um, uh, yeah, Night of the Roxbury. Uh, let's see. Superstar. Uh, let's, the Ladies' Man, like you said. Yeah. Enigma, whatever that is. I've never seen that. Um Mean Girls. He he produced Mean Girls with Lindsay Lohan. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. What else did he produce? Doesn't really do movies anymore, does he? Not really. Hot Rod. Yeah, I like that movie. Andy oh yeah, Samberg. the Sandberg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Baby Mama. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. He he produced that. That's a really good movie. Dak Shepard's also in that. Um. Uh, McGruber. Oh yeah. yeah, he he produced McGruber. I forgot about the Gruber. Uh, the guilt trip with Seth Rogen and um, uh, Barbara Streisand, I think. Uh, yeah, damn, he's produced a lot of movies. All these are pretty good, funny movies. Um, I don't know what Staten Island Summer is, but he produced that movie. Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, the Tina Fey movie, he produced that. Yeah. That's a good one. Brother Nature. Masterminds with uh, Zach Galifianakis and Owen Wilson. And uh, uh, Jason Sudeikis and Kristen Wiig. Uh, he produced that. That's actually a funny movie. I did see that. Uh, he produces Portlandia. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody liked Portlandia. Uh, I think it's actually isn't that canceled now. Or did they just get to the end and stopped? Uh, he produced AP Bio uh, with the dude from um, uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, that TV miniseries, uh, Miracle Workers. Uh, he produced that. Uh, let's see. And he is doing, producing a Oops. sci-fi TV movie called Future. And he's also producing The Keenan Show. Which is, you know, Kenan Thompson's show because I I guess they they can't make him leave, so they're just giving him a show, so he will he will he'll leave. 
It's like, look, we'll give you your own spinoff show. You've been here for 40 years, man. Right. You've been here longer than Lorne. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we should just give you SNL when Lorne retires. Right, yeah. It's like, you've, just, you've been here long enough. You've earned tenure. Yeah, this is uh, this is yours now. I forget I forget it was the I forget the joke or who was on whenever they they did that. It was somebody came on SNL and they were uh they were a host and they were like, "Oh yeah, I, I'm glad I'm on the show. I've I've loved this show. Uh I watched this show since I was a kid. I love Keenan." Whenever he's on it, he's like, "Oh, he's still on the show." He's like they're like, "He is?" <laughs> watched it since I was a kid. Right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, there's people like that now because he's been on the show for like 15 years. Right, yeah. So. Yeah, they've actually went through high school, graduated, <laughs> went to college, and Keenan's still on Still SNL. there. They're like, oh, yeah, I used to love SNL. I, I used to love Keenan Thompson. It's like, he's still here. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he just, he won't leave, man. Uh, we just, we he just will not go. The dude has to have like tons of freaking money, though. Oh, yeah, considering how much he's gotten paid over the years. Because I think, like, him and, like, Pete Davidson are the highest paid cat. I don't know what the deal is with the Pete Davidson thing. He's not funny. He's just, he's also, like, really weird. He is super weird. Yeah. Like, he, he always, like, he had, like, a whole, whole skit on SNL where he was, like, joking about his dad dying in the World Trade Center, which really happened. Yeah. And it was just, like, a joke skit, and it's like, this isn't funny. This That's, is... Uh, this is disturbing. This is not good, man. Yeah. Should show your dead dad a little bit more respect than that, than just right. using him as a skit on the comedy show. But anyway, let's get to this uh, last comment. Right. I just wanted to say that, like, that one line that the dude has in here, uh, where it says, like, uh, um, I uh, believe that Saturday Night Live producer Lorne Michaels had something to do with this, and that man is a disgrace. <laughs> Every time I see his name on something, I know it is going to suck. That should be like on his door, <laughs> like you know, like like his dressing room or whatever, like his producer room where he goes to and you know that kind of stuff. Like at SNL Studio, it should just say, "Anytime I see Lauren Michaels' name on a project, I know it is going to suck." <laughs> and then it just has like little quote marks, right, with that guy's comment from uh, IMDb. I just that's to me, it's just hilarious. Um, that comment just kind of sounds like jealousy, but anyway. Uh, so the the last one, and this one kind of struck me as odd because I didn't really think I was gonna find this, and then when I found it, I'm like, well, I guess it makes sense. I probably should have seen this coming. A lot of people feel that this is a remake of Tommy Boy, like like it's like a straight up remake, and I was like, what? So it says it's a it's amazing why a film that is virtually a remake of Tommy Boy can be so much worse, but there you have it. It is. Chris Farley was funny in his years on Saturday Night Live. Proves that he was more than just a bumbling fool, as he is portrayed here. This movie starts out as a, a starts off kind of strange when we see him working at some kind of civic center. Uh, in an attempt to make him sympathetic, we see him bonding with some kid. But that side of the story wouldn't have been that interesting and is left uh, as a subplot that eats only a minute of uh, screen time. So what do we get? We get Tim Matheson playing his older brother running for governor in a totally unnecessary part. Simply there because Farley's idol, John Belushi, uh, 
and Tim Matheson were friends. We get this uh, sniveling campaign manager, another sleazy guy performance by Timothy Carhart. Um, I remember him from uh, Thelma and Louise. Uh, we get another of Belushi's uh, compadres, Bruce McGill, as the opposing side's campaign manager. And finally, David Spade as himself. This setup uh, could have been funny, but is absolutely played as a setup to Farley's character messing everything up for his brother with slapstick sequences or anti-slapstick as we feel every bit of pain that Farley feels. If we had... Uh, if I don't think that's what anti-slapstick Right, is. yeah, 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 as we feel every bit of uh, pain that... Slapstick doesn't mean you feel no pain... Right, yeah, they they totally fucked that up. <laughs> it's like um, slapstick means we feel no pain, but anti-slapstick means we feel everything. We feel everything. I know how you feel, bro. It's like uh, no, that's no, no. <laughs> if we had seen Farley arguing with people for his brother's votes in the same vein he did uh, with brake pads and Tommy Boy, this could have been much better. Why rip something off and then completely screw up everything the original stood for? The film has a happy ending, or sort of. Uh, the brothers are uh, not a bit closer than they were before, and Farley goes on his merry way again. Uh, it's, uh, it is hard to believe that director Penelope Spears was a director of Wayne's World as well. Maybe she just wanted to go home because she knew she could, this good couldn't possibly be, be good anyway. Farley had less than one year to live, and it shows that this is... Uh, that he's not in very good shape here. Uh, a shape he left. Uh, a shame he left us uh, with two much bigger bombs than this: Beverly Hills Ninja and Almost Heroes. Huh. <laughs> wow. And, and the whole thing about like this is like a remake of Tommy Boy, and I'm like, why? Because it's Farley and Spade, and there's a little bit of like them traveling together sort of aspect. Yeah, there's really nothing. That's, but there's really like the the jokes aren't the same. The characters aren't even the same. No. Like, uh, Steve Dodds is way different from Richard. Yeah. you know, it's like... So Spade's not even playing, like, the same type of character. Tommy is not the same as Mike, you know, because Mike is, you know, he's, like, a, a totally different kind of character, you know, and it's like... And so, what? and also, what would you want? You would just want Mike going around arguing with people to try to get his brother votes, what, every single person? Right, yeah. That's what you would want the movie? Everybody he encounters? Just him arguing with a bunch of people about getting his brother votes? Right. The whole movie? That's, that's, that guy's like, you know what, if they had had scenes in it where he's like trying to convince people to vote for his brother, like he did when he was trying to sell the brake pads, probably would have been a better movie. It's like, it doesn't even translate the same shit. I mean, he's calling it a remake, but his only problem with the movie is it wasn't more like Tommy Boy. Mm -hmm. so exactly. he's actually contradicting his own point, because he's like, he should have been arguing with people to try to sell them his brother's votes, just like he did in Tommy Boy. But it's like Tommy Boy. It's like, but it's too much like Tommy Boy, and I hate that. But you're literally saying it would have been better if they would have made it more like Tommy Boy. It's not Tommy Boy. No. It's a different type of movie. Yeah. Now, if I had to sit down and pick which one I wanted to watch more, it'd probably be Tommy Boy. But I love Black Sheep, too. Yeah. And I feel the same way, yeah. It's like I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, you could watch Tommy Boy or you could watch Black Sheep. More than likely, I would choose Tommy Boy, but it depends. If I'm in the mood to see some different types of stuff, 
then I'm, you know, who knows? I might pick Black Sheep a few of those times too, because it's I, I still love this movie, and I think one of the things about this is that it's sort of like, well, this is like the last time that you get to see Spade and Farley at their peak, you know, at the height of their power. Um, because they're like Super Saiyan 4 on this movie. Like, they're Super Saiyan God. They're that good uh, as a duo working with each other because they've been around each other for so long. By the time they get to this movie, it's probably almost effortless for them to be around each other. Well, Spade, Spade goes on to do a bunch of great things like Joe Dirt and, you know, the, the Gronos movie are, is good. Also, like this movie a lot of people don't talk about called Lost and Found that was starring David Spade. That's a really good one. Um, uh, so, Spade went on to do a bunch of good things. And I guess Adam Sandler's kind of like his, you know, his, you know, go-to guy pairing up. I mean... They pair up every now and then to do movies, but nothing's ever just felt the same like Chris Farley uh, for David Spade since. And he said as much, you know, he has a bunch of friends and he works with a bunch of guys on these movies, but it just never feels like Chris Farley. Yeah. Because, um, you know, it, Chris is one of those people that will never have another, an, another Chris Farley That He was a one of a kind. You'll never have another actor that is the same level that he is you know in terms of like his comedic talent and just his ability to relate to people and to get people that want to work with him you know you're you're just you're never going to see that again in the same way like we were talking about john candy earlier you're never going to see another john candy you're never going to see another john belushi you know these guys that have have passed on jim is his brother and he's not even john belushi right he actually ha- he's from the same genetic pool, and he even doesn't have exactly what his brother. But had. I also feel bad for for Jim because he lost a brother, and no matter what he does, a lot of times he's he's just constantly compared to his brother. Right, and that's not fair. Yeah, we even make fun of of him. Like, I only make fun of him because I I do like him in a lot of stuff that I I see I see him in. Yeah, because like um, there's a. Uh, there's this movie that he did with Tim Allen uh, called Joe Somebody. He's like the karate instructor or whatever, like the drunk dude. And um, he's good in that. I was like, I like him. But comparing, be like, oh, well, I like Jim Belushi because he's no John Belushi. And it's like, no shit. You, how do you think that makes him feel? Right. Constantly be, being compared to a brother that I'm sure he misses every day. And it's like, well, you're not like your brother. You're not like your brother. And he's like, fuck, I know that. Right. But my brother never had to go through losing a brother either. Yeah, that's you true. Know, it would be just like telling, you know, Joaquin through most of his his career until, you know, recently, maybe the last, you know, s- since maybe, you know, um, you know, ring uh, the, the, you know, walk the line or whatever, uh before then, you know, you you never you're not River Phoenix. You're no River Phoenix. Uh huh. You know what do you? <laughs> that's yeah, why River I, Phoenix was like a prodigy at like a young age, and it's like, and you're just you're just trying to hang on. Yeah, and it's and like it, that's stuff that Joaquin had to hear like his whole life. Yeah. About his brother that he died, that died, his older brother that died, that he missed every day. He had to constantly be told that. You know he he isn't he isn't him, right? And look at him now—he's fucking Oscar-winning actor. 
Yeah. And, you know, he even said, like, his brother told him whenever he was young that he was going to be the, the, the actor. You know, he said, River told me that I was going to be the, the best the best actor in the family. Yeah. And he didn't, nobody believed that at the time about McKean. You know, and it's crazy because, but would he be this good if it wasn't for the tragedy? <laughs> yeah. And, you know? you know, and that's the thing too. It's like, I think like, when it comes to, to David Spade, I think, uh, knowing that he was, you know, so close to, to Chris Farley, it's almost like, you know, in a weird way, it's like, you know, maybe they couldn't have done any better than, like, Tommy Boy and Black Sheep. You know, it's like, could they have made better than this? Probably, but we'll never know. So it's like, you know, do we we just we just go by the two movies that we have, and it's like, they put on some badass performances in this, and they've also got a bunch of sketches on SNL that they did too that yeah, were so hilarious. Yeah, so if you're like, oh, I wish I could see more content, but David Spade and Chris Farley watch SNL. There's hours among hours. Yeah, of them be in the same sketches together, and it's like you'll never be able to re- recapture that magic and and get that kind of a duo again. I don't think because it's you know it's just the way that that Chris was his performances were always so memorable and anybody who worked with him would always say like you know like he when he's around he is he he's like gravity everything just gravitates towards chris because of his personality and everybody loved being around him and he was like friendly to everybody and that kind of thing and it's like i think the thing about david spade is that his career is a lot different because he didn't uh, you know, he, he had to live on after that. And it's like, but when you look at something like Joe Dirt, Joe Dirt's a hilarious-ass movie. And it's like, would that movie have been funnier with Chris Farley in it? More than likely, yeah, it would have been funny, but it's great on its own, too. So it's, you know, I, I think that, you know, their, their pairing, I think sometimes it's, it, maybe it is really good because we only got just the, the two movies, you know, that, that they're that they're together in. And maybe that's what makes it better because we only have the two performances. It didn't get diluted, you know. Maybe, maybe. But uh, but I there's times that I think like man, I'll see like something for like a preview for a movie, and I'm like man, I wonder what Chris Farley would have done with this. But Chris Farley could have possibly done movies with somebody like Jack Black. Yeah, man, like Jack Black, uh, he could have been in some Will Ferrell films. Oh yeah, like when you think about the people he could have worked with, like even uh, that fucking Sonic movie that came out, he could have been Doctor Robotnik. No, that's Jim Carrey. <laughs> I did that as kind there's, of a there's test nothing Steve. there's nothing that Jim Carrey does that anyone else could do, uh, and there's proof of that. There's no person that's replaced Jim Carrey in a sequel. To one of his main stories that's ever succeeded. Wait, so you're telling me, you fucking telling me right now that Jamie Kennedy could not replace him in the fucking Son of Mask movie? Yeah. That is fucking much. bullshit. Jamie Kennedy is a fucking inspiration in that movie. Yeah, not in that movie. <laughs> an inspiration to what not to do. In He's movies. an inspiration as to like what you don't do in a comedy now, movie. As a comedian, sure, <laughs> Jamie Kennedy's fine. Yeah. But as a, a someone that's trying to... Because Jim Carrey commits so much whenever he does a role. Oh, he pushes the chips all in on a role when he goes into it. it it's one of those things. It's like, if there was no Bruce Almighty, would Evan Almighty have been better? 
Probably, but there was a Bruce Almighty, and that's what you have to live up to Steve Carell. Yeah. Steve Carell is a genius and a brilliant comedian, one of the best ever. I love The Office, but he is no Jim Carrey. No, and Evan Almighty <laughs> is like is there's some funny stuff in that movie, but it's 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 a movie that I probably wouldn't watch again. It's it it loses its its heart because you know how much Jim put into the first one, and you're like, okay, now Steve, go. Yeah. Be just like Jim Carrey, but also be Steve Carell. It's like, I can't do that, man. Because I can be Jim Carrey. Yeah, exactly. But the Jim <laughs> Carrey could do the opposite with some of the stuff. Like, let's, since we're on the topic of Steve Carell, Jim Carrey could have done 40 Year Old Virgin. Easy. Yeah. Steve Carell can't do uh, The Mask. <laughs> you know, Steve Carell couldn't do Dumb and Dumber. Uh, you know, Steve Carell obviously couldn't do Bruce Almighty. Right. So, uh, Carell he can do that. Carell stuff. I mean, Carell can do the Carell stuff. Uh, whenever he's not trying to be too serious. But I guess every comedian goes through that, because Jim went through it too. Only difference is, Jim nailed it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because Steve tried to go through some dark movies, and everybody's like, I don't like this. It's just it's just weird to see him be that depressed and You're dark. You're so do- joyful and stuff. It's like, Jim's a little different, you know, because, like, the Truman Show is technically a comedy. Because it's, fu- it's got a lot of funny parts. Yeah, it's got a lot of funny stuff in it. But then it's, it's actually very scary, because this dude's basically lived his entire life being controlled in like this whole little uh, tv setting like he's just being broadcasted and stuff right and he doesn't know it and, and, and it really yeah it's just, it's really like at its heart it really is more of a drama yeah it's like it's a it's same thing with man on the moon where he's playing you know andy uh kaufman, kaufman and uh it's a comedy but it's also a drama yeah because it's about an actual person mm-hmm. and it's about jim carrey's like you know basically like his inspiration so you know he always knew because i watched the documentary about it and he's like i always knew i would play him in a movie because that's who i always wanted to be yeah when he did it he 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 didn't ever get out of character he went total method with andy kaufman oh yeah and then he'd be talking to people like he was andy kaufman on the set he'd be being dicks to people and he said after the the role was over and all that he had to apologize to some people yeah because uh, <laughs> didn't uh he had a little bit of a scrap with uh, jerry lawler because lawler thought he was like for real fucking with him yeah yeah and because yeah. it, it was you know well, playing actors and camera people and then when he'd go into that uh ah shit what was that character that Andy Kaufman used to play uh the one with the mustache and stuff ah shit i forget uh, oh damn it but he'd be a total dick to people when he was in that character. I know who you're talking about. I can't remember the name. But anyway, um, this 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 uh, you know this movie's really great. It's Chris Farley, David Spade. You know, you get to see fucking Gary Busey in this movie. Gary Busey's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know he's he's one of the best. You know, and I think t- the thing too about about this movie is that it's like. Uh, even though it has that whole you know political aspect of it, and you know right now we're we're you know in that election time because we're getting towards a presidency, uh, you know you know voting for the president again. It's interesting. It's like just how much 
uh, politics is just about backstabbing and getting the advantage on the other person and stuff like that. And to take, you know, something that usually be pretty polarizing, like, you know, uh, you know, political stuff. And they were like, instead of like really making it super political, you know, because you don't really know who's a Democrat and who's a Republican. Like, you know, when it comes to, you know, Donnelly and, and Governor Tracy, it's like, you don't really know where their party lines are. You know, you can make estimations maybe on what you think, but I like the fact that this movie has the politics in it, but it doesn't hit you over the head with the politics. Yeah. I and mean, it doesn't, it, it's not something where you're like, well, I'm a Republican. I can't watch that movie because it's, it's anti-Republican or it's anti-Democrat. It's it, no, it's just, just a movie about, you know, a guy trying to help his brother get elected and he's just kind of a dumbass while doing it. You know, and that's the thing that's interesting about this is that it's a, it's a political movie to a degree but they they kind of depoliticize everything so that you don't get bogged down on, you know, the normal stuff that people get pissed off about. Right. You know, and that's but it's like that's one of the things I think about Spade and Farley is that, you know, it's you know it's like the slapstick comedy thing, uh, with a little bit of a message in there too. And that's nice to see, you know, because you go from scenes where he's like, great, now I got chocolate pudding in my underpants. And he's like, there wasn't any pudding in there, buddy. (laughs) He's just kind of like, oh, shit. (laughs) You know, you have that, and then you have, like, you know, this whole thing where it's like, you know, there's, like, political stuff where, you know, the guy's like, I've got pictures of your people setting their rec center on fire, and then I've got pictures that implicate... Uh, Mike Donnelly, and he was like, I'm basically going to take whoever's, you know, behind at a certain point and then be like, yeah, I'm up, you know, this is up for bids. Who wants to get an advantage? <laughs> Who wants to get back in the race, you know, and and that kind of stuff. And that shows you the, the dark part of it. But then you see, you know, Chris, uh, Chris Farley, you know, basically falling on Steve when uh, he has the top bunk, and he was like, "I want top bunk." And he's like, "Shut up!" Because <laughs> it's fucking the fucking roof had blown away, and yeah. there's all that hail, and then he ends up just like crushing him, you know. So <laughs> it's uh yeah, it it's one of those movies where it's like it's political, but it doesn't hit you over the head with the politics. It's yeah. just uh, it's very uh, it's very funny. Especially if you like the slapstick type of stuff, and to me, the ending is is great. It's it's I I love the ending of this, from like them you know outrunning the cops with the the nitrous, getting high off the nitrous because it leaks, and <laughs> and then showing up and then trying to do the voter fraud thing, and fucking Drake is fucking got a rocket launcher and he's just aiming it at people and. Yeah, all that it's, kind of it's stuff. really good. It's the really ending good. of it is just it's epic because of like how all this shit comes together. But you know, but it you know it it's black sheep. It's not Tommy Boy. Don't think of it as Tommy Boy. Just be like, hey, look, it's another Spade and Farley movie. It's fucking great, and just just enjoy it. You know. Yeah, I, I mean this this movie's good. You guys should go back and watch it if you guys any, got any ideas for stuff that we should cover in the future. Or have any opinions on the stuff that we have covered. It doesn't matter if it's 40 episodes ago. You guys can still email us about it. Yeah. Uh, beyond the hate at yahoo.com. Also have um, uh, short stories that are really cheap. Uh, uh, abandoned apartments. Uh, breakup and zombies. Uh, on Amazon. 
and the Dazrael and the Ear of God, if you guys want to check that out on Amazon, and, um, you know, leave five-star reviews for us. Yeah. Because that really helps uh, bring us up to the top. Yeah, that definitely helps us get noticed on uh, on the different uh, sites, you know, whether you check us out on iTunes or Spotify or Anchor or, you know, Google Podcasts, wherever, Stitcher. Send All us those. money, it really helps the show. Yeah, you can donate to the show, and if you donate and you're like, Hey, I wanna see an ep- I want to see you guys do an episode about, you know, this movie. It's like, hey, you donate, we'll cover it, you know? Yeah. So probably. Uh, no. <laughs> uh it's like, because, you know, we don't really do like the Patreon thing, although we could set up a Patreon if we, you know, feel like people would, you know, definitely donate to it. But uh, but yeah, I think and we that, don't just cover movies. We cover artists and yeah, uh, we, we, yeah, we, we deal with a little we, bit of everything. We try um, to do a, a, a little, we try to branch out from time to time and, you know, do some, uh, some different things. Sometimes we're going to talk shit about Rotten Tomatoes. Sometimes we're just going to talk about, you know, the Mount Rushmore's of certain topics, you know, uh, who knows? Yeah. And, and yeah, we, we just, uh, kind of go with whatever we feel like, uh, doing in that certain, uh point of time and also i actually have a reddit it's tater underscore splat <laughs> tater, tater splat, splat. <laughs> is this related to tater tot you know uh like, uh, tot got splat oh okay splat tater <laughs> splat um but yeah i'm on there if you guys wanted to you know harass me or something because that's what reddit does yeah um other you reddits for like for some reddits it's for super useful stuff and then for other things it's just completely unnecessary shit most of them unnecessary right completely <laughs> unnecessary but it's still fun to go down that rabbit hole every now and then oh yeah uh and leave some snarky comments the madden see. football reddit's pretty hilarious too because people post their videos on there of crazy yeah, shit i just that posted one of mine on there yeah if you guys wanted to check it out you know where to check it out at uh, it's a tater splat it was just a ridiculous i showed john it was just ridiculous yeah oh no if you want to see like the probably the craziest fucking catch you could ever see on madden 20 he, he's got it on reddit yeah it, it uh, bounced off like four people yeah and then the receiver caught it in the end zone yeah why it was like wobbling on his neck and just fell into it uh, right i was like if the computer would have done that to me i would have been pissed but i did it so i was like yeah oh, he would have been it. raging yeah i would have been you know he would have rage quitted <laughs> rage quit rage quit everyone stay safe out there try to actually you know not do what florida's doing and keep your distance from from other people. Social and, distance, yeah. Just don't be a dumbass. Don't hoard toilet paper. Don't hoard cleaning supplies. Uh, wiping your ass isn't the like biggest priority right now. Right. I think just you know staying staying healthy. Everyone taking care of each other. Yeah, like that guy that wanted to buy like sixteen cases of Mountain Dew from a store, and they were like, "You only get like three and he wanted to. Yeah, oh, get no, I would let him take all the Mountain Dew. <laughs> it's like, look, you'll die. If you drink all this, you are going to die. <laughs> but it's like, just don't be the stupid. Stuff, don't get into fistfights over dumb shit. Like, don't, if, don't if hoard stuff. If you get stuff. a fistfight around me over toilet paper, I'm just going to walk around you and I'm going to grab the toilet paper and I'm going to leave. Right. I don't even want it. I'm right. going to take it from you. Because it's to prove Then I might even just hand it to someone else and be like, hey, you need some? Yeah. I just saw this woman getting a fist fight over some toilet paper, so I figured... So you I'm going to give this to you. Yeah. 
Because go, go get it. Yeah, go go ahead and get out of here. Right. And I encourage everyone to do that. Take that tacket. Don't break up those dumbasses. Just if you walk, see people fighting over just supplies, walk around. Now, if someone attacks someone, break you know break them up. If two people are fighting over fucking toilet paper, <laughs> take it from them and just walk off while they're fighting. Right. Yeah. And, That'll uh, teach them both a lesson. They they basically both just fought over nothing. Right. Even if you just want to grab it and just like go like off to a far corner and just put it on another shelf. <laughs> yeah. Just to fuck with them. Like you didn't get it, but you also made sure they didn't get they it. They didn't get it either. So right. yeah. Just just do the world a favor. Teach stupid people a lesson. <laughs> non violent lesson. Let them be violent to each other. You be non violent, you be smart. Everyone take care of themselves out there. You know, I'm still thinking Corona might be the cure, not the virus. I don't know. I've had, uh, I've had, you know, uh, like what four, five of these Coronas, and uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's helping, but I feel like it is. I think it's killing something. Probably brain cells. You but, know uh, what? I, I, it might not help, but it won't hurt anything either. Yeah, that's true. Uh, um, it's not going to cause a virus. No. You know, high amount. I got of a alpha. fever. And the only prescription is more beer. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the alcohol actually, you know, kills kills some things. Yes, not, it does. I'm not saying that it's going to kill the coronavirus, but I mean, who the fuck knows? <laughs> yeah, it might be just as effective as bleach and cocaine. I'm just kidding. There are some informational videos, uh, so you're not one of these people that think this is a Chinese virus. I do want to <laughs> say this real quick. This virus did not come from China. It was around way before now. It's a different strand of an existing virus. Right. This strand did kind of come from China, but they didn't create it in the lab. This is a natural virus. So yeah. Just so those people like, I think this was attack on China. It is not. Please calm down. <laughs> Calm down, check your racism at the door. There are informational videos on YouTube. Actually, I'll tell you guys the exact one to go to. And this brilliant doctor, she will tell you everything you need to know about the most asked questions. This is the good part of YouTube that's actually super useful. Yeah. Let me get back to it. I gotta get through all the toy videos uh <laughs> that my son watches uh dr uh sima yasam uh yasmin dr sima yasmin she answers 50 of the most google questions about the coronavirus it's on wired wired okay uh it's a 10 minute video and she tells you every that basically everything you need to know about the coronavirus and why uh uh you should be doing uh you know <laughs> why you should be doing um the washing your hands and keep social distance and how it didn't come from china and stuff like that and uh you know she's brilliant and informative and um there's plenty of these videos about real people that are qualified so please just go watch those before you're like china's attacking us they're not. <laughs> Don't be a dumbass. Be now, what is about to happen is these neo-Nazis are going to try to weaponize it, but I have a feeling that's not going to go far. Yeah, I don't because, think Because, not because they're not dangerous, 
is because they're stupid because they're telling people about it. So yeah, they, they already know it's going to fail. They're just trying to get attention. So yeah, that's usually how it goes. That's that's how we're going to end the show. Nazis are stupid. And yeah, Nazis are stupid. Uh, Nazis can fuck off, and they can. My four points. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, uh, in that order. Go, yeah, go then fuck, fuck yourself. Your okay. Yeah, one, two, three, four. And yeah. hopefully this isn't, you know, <laughs> the end of the world. Yeah. It starts with an earthquake, birds and snakes and airplanes. Lenny Bruce is not afraid. I am a hurricane, listen to yourself, turn the world to the zombies. Dummy, serve your own needs, beat it up and not speak, run no strength, the ladder starts to... Better with fear, fight down, high fire in the fire, representing seven games in the government for hire in the combat site. Let the Western come in a hurry with the furies beating down your... I didn't realize that Michael Stipe cussed that much in this song. He is a foul mouth. <laughs> he is a foul mouth, some bitch. <laughs> well, since so that's you get you guys get the uh, idea. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Google's listening to us and they don't like us telling. Yeah. Yeah, with this Chinese virus. <laughs> it's actually not Chinese. Yeah. The end of the world as I know it. Yeah. Right. This is not a CD skipping. This is this is the internet not fucking working correctly to a speaker. Now there's one to break out. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Who's the fastest now? Probably still you, but that was impressive. That was impressive. <laughs> <laughs>